My favorite mystery is the Bermuda Triangle. I always wondered, how does that work? It doesn't. You know, I've just thought my whole life, like, you know, how did ships sail through there? They do. And and planes, when they fly over, they just must crash into the water. They don't. Here's the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. It's yep. really a square. There's another point that you didn't notice. <laughs> I guess a triangle sounds better, because it does sound better that it's a Bermuda sure. Triangle. The Bermuda Square sounds, well, you know. Three is a magic number. We know that. Who knows what's hidden inside the Bermuda shorts? Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Edrick. Hey, Dave, it's me, Ian Boothby. I'm, uh, here's the thing. Okay. Uh, I've been listening to myself on past shows, and I sound very echoey and very distant. Sometimes and I, I and, and I do, I do, and I think that's yeah. just me being emotionally distant. But I'm going to try and be a little closer to the microphone today, okay. just to Appreciate see if it. I can compensate for uh, the emotional distance that I've been putting into this. <laughs> well, it's good to not, you know, you don't want to fully embrace this in case it's a, it's a disaster. Well, for a year, I literally phoned it in. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. it it was a step t- step towards the good. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, doing my best, doing my best. Here we go. Yeah, that was that was nice. It was a year where I just put the phone on the on the counter and just went, "Oh yeah, uh huh, oh, you don't say." And then you went, what? Three Musketeers," <laughs> uh, <Kara> milk." <laughs> yes, again, all podcasts were as Nina Matsumoto has said, reminiscing about candy bars. I think of a particular generation. I don't. Is is that a millennial thing as well? Do they do they really have like candy bars in their life the way we did? This is the thing. I wonder if yeah, the generation now is when they remember candy, if they will be thinking of chocolate bars. Like chocolate bars were like really important when we were growing up. Yeah, they were. They were the luxury item. Like you could get, you know, if you had a like really little money, you could get you get a bazooka. Mm -hmm. You know, you could get the small bazooka, or Mm. you could get the finger of bazooka. Yeah, you know, and you can get that in your regular flavor. You get that in your cherry flavor. We are yeah. starting very on brand, by the way, with this episode. <laughs> Already, uh, and then your next step up was, of course, a chocolate bar. Oh my god! And that meant you're living large. Things mm-hmm. are good. Mm-hmm. You know, you would very seldom buy a soda. A soda would be an yeah, odd no. thing to buy. It would. You're right. I mean, I'm still that way. I will. I will very rarely, unless I'm like at something where, like, I'll have them at a restaurant or I'll have it at a movie. Yeah, but I don't have pop at home. Like, I don't go to the store and buy pop and bring it home. I've got pop here now because we have had, like, two things where we've had people over. <laughs> yes, that's and true. And so, you know. And then <laughs> again, nice our, our, uh, I will mention Nina Matsumoto one more time. Uh, she was nice enough to bring a whole thing of uh, Coke Zero. And I had bought a thing of Coke Zero. So now, on our dining room table, we have a lot of Coke Zero. <laughs> so, time to start drinking Coke Zero is yeah. what's uh, the situation. It's uh, Eve's a cola of choice. Oh. And she maintains that it tastes like Coke. So has she ever tried Coke? <laughs> she has tried Coke. Or are you just doing the mean thing where like <laughs> every time you go, uh, honey, I'm, I'm pouring you a Coke. And then you pour her like a Coke Zero and she doesn't know. And so she thinks like that's that's it for forever. <laughs> You've got a promotion at her job. She's now a supervisor. Well, she's I know she's not a professional taster because she's <laughs> got a bad sense of taste. But but, well, but congratulations to her. Uh, is so it this, okay to say what the job is? Uh, she well, she works um, right now. She works it with uh, daycare, like doing day camps and stuff like that. Okay, with, uh, with YMCA. And so she, uh, she had this week. She's had to have um, a week of Zoom meetings. 
Okay. On like rules and regulations and, you know, allergy things. And, and she sent a picture today of herself. She said, uh, day four, um, you know, meetings, day, day, day four feelings. And it was just her laying on, like on the couch with her tongue hanging out of her mouth with her eyes closed. <laughs> the universal sign of death. So yeah, she's just enough. You know. She's been working at that job for a while now. I think she pretty much knows all the criteria. Doesn't need to have like five hour meetings for four days in a row. Uh, yeah. Some people out there who love meetings though. So. I know people love a goddamn meeting. It feels <laughs> like you're doing something and it makes you feel like you're necessary. I guess that's it. Yeah. The other day I was like, uh, I thought I was going to have to have a Zoom meeting. Like a person contacted me about doing some, some work yeah. and, and they were like, uh, I'm going to call you from New York. I'm not sure if I can call Canada on this phone. That's weird. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really expensive. You don't want to say. Yeah, you don't want to say anything. You know, like, can you do Zoom? It's like okay, I'll do Zoom meetings. So you prep and you get ready, and then uh, she called me on the phone, and it was like, ah, oh, you know. Normally, I don't even like uh, phone calls, but I'm like, oh, this is better than Zoom. This is better than this is better than Zoom. Yeah. And then of course I was. Uh, we were laughing. It's just like, oh, so you can reach uh, Canada from New York now, huh? And she's like, yeah, obviously you can. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh huh. No, that's good. I don't know. But to be to be fair to her, and I was being fair to her, mm-hmm. if I'm calling England, yeah. I am not a hundred percent sure what uh, numbers I should put before the thing, like one one, and then and then an area code and a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So you know, other places in the world are goofy goofums, but calling <laughs> calling North America from North America is fine. We have we have a, s- a simple seven digit system plus our area code. Right. Which then and one wingding. There's always one wingding. And then there. the then the one or whatever. Yeah. Whereas when you call like England, I know that okay, England. I know that you don't have that many phone digits, but, but the way it's broken up and the way how they write them out, it feels like it's just too many numbers. You look at it, you're like, why is there, what's with all the spaces in this thing? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Too much business. When, you, when I go to use a payphone in England, first of all, tons of phone sex uh, <laughs> things in there, right? Yeah. Like, it's just plastered. Yeah. That's one thing you never see in any episodes of Doctor Who that make it unrealistic, <laughs> is those phone sex things everywhere. What? But... Okay, well, I, like on every wall, yeah. in every. I mean, I'd be like, he wouldn't have one in his phone booth. Probably. I was gonna say because this is his house. Yeah, it's his house. Yeah, and he has it's, a has a lock on it, so people can't like go in. That's eh, surprising amount of people get in there, but yes, I understand. Uh, but it's like it, it, even when I'm looking at those, I'm like, I would, I even if I wanted to, I would have no idea how to access this code. <laughs> I don't know how any of this works. How did you make money? Am I supposed to take a credit card out while I'm in the phone booth? Am I supposed to do things in here? Is this your plan? Is this the standard? Oh, God, I don't want to be in this phone booth. This is a terrible place to be. It feels like England had, having you know been there a couple of times, and, and when I went there, I can't remember when I went there, when cell phones were starting to become a thing, I guess in the late 90s. Okay. But it just felt like they had like the scammiest systems there. Like they just had all these like kind of phone scammy stuff, like, you know, like, like gambling things things you could do on your phone and all and, and you would phone like a number and you would and it would get charged for it and it just seemed like it was very expensive to own mm-hmm. a phone there like i guess that was a time of course when it did cost money to send text messages and things like even here like you know we developed like these ways of quickly sending messages that were short so we wouldn't it wouldn't cost as much to send text messages but yeah it was uh it was very strange i just felt like everything was like like this kind of weirdly scammy about this yeah and there was phones. and there was always like ads for uh, I guess I guess it was ringtones, 
yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like yeah. Crazy Frog, but it was something like that that was like, you know, it'd be like a, a little frog who had, a, who had like a, a like a flower and it would be humming a song. It's like, if you want this song on your phone, you know, I don't, how much does this cost? And what's it for? And do I want this as my ringtone? Yeah. Why would I? Why don't I just record it off the TV now <laughs> and then use that? I can do that. I don't think that existed at the time, though. Like when you had... Flip, this is flip, the age of flip phones and stuff like that. Uh, I guess so, so, yeah. It wasn't quite the same. So if you wanted to have like a unique signature, you know, call, uh, you know, sound on your phone, yeah, you would, people would pay to have ringtones and stuff like that. They wanted to, you wanted to, you know. It was such a weird time. But it was no different than like putting a spoiler on your car or whatever. Like yeah. when you buy something and you want to like make it yours, you're going to like soup it up a little I bit. I guess I just think about like all the, uh, it just ties into a memory I have of like when I was like in the, in the very last days of working at a Terminal City newspaper, mm-hmm. and the editor was like, uh, "I just, I just bought it a one nine hundred number. You gotta make a lot of money off this." And like, "Oh, how do you do that?" It's like, "Well, people call the number, and then uh, you get five bucks when they call." Like, "Oh, okay, but, but what why, do you, are they, why are they calling? Why are they calling? Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a dial a joke, and uh, I want you to be the the tell a joke a day." Like, okay, <laughs> what? I don't know if my joke is it's worth five dollars to call and tell it. So I recorded a bunch of jokes, yeah. and it was fine. It was like, never really heard back. Because, <laughs> of course, that's not going to make money. How are you going to, like, get that out there? That, and why would people? And what's the, like, what? You know, the people that were making money were making money, like, in a uh, sexy way, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it was just such a strange thing for this alt newspaper. It was like, oh, there must be stuff, like, you could call in for like a movie review or something connected with the paper, and it yeah, would, yeah. you could publicize it in the paper, and then it would publicize the paper, and things would da 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 da, and it would pay for the paper, and that would make sense. No, just tell some jokes. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, there must have been that, you know. Okay, if you were in the gr- on the ground floor of those things, like if you if you're one of the first to have like a dial a joke, and people just love novelty, and so they're going to do that for a while, and you're going to make a little bit of money from that. Okay. But you cannot come in like. After everyone else has gone through the door and then start and just follow, you know, start something that everyone else has done. Because there's no novelty there. No one cares. Like, I would understand. Okay. Like, it was a, it was a free call, obviously. But you could call uh, They Might Be Giants. Yeah. And you would get a song a day. And mm-hmm. I don't know how often they would change them. But mm-hmm. there'd be some interesting songs. they do these weird Apparently little... every day. Oh, that's great. So, so yeah, they you'd hear a, a, di- a different little weird song a yeah, day, yeah, and and then you like them more, and then you buy their albums, I suppose. But that makes sense, like mm-hmm. you know, have a number that you call. We'll do a joke for you, and also say, hey, the new Terminal City paper is out, and the stories are blah blah blah. blah. Or maybe connect it with whatever you're joking about. Maybe yeah, that makes sense. But trying to make money off like uh, we're gonna make money like five bucks a call. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. Did you have to pay for the one nine hundred number? I assume you did. Oh, sure, you did. Yeah, you pay up front, obviously. The guy, the guy paid for the number. Yeah, the one nine hundred number. People paid when they called the one nine hundred number. They automatically got charged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So everyone was happy. It all worked sure, out great. Sure. But I guess you know, in terms of internet, people pay to have pay, people have paid for domain names and stuff like that. Like gone to mm-hmm. aggregator sites that just buy. Oh, sure, sure. Make up names and stuff like that. Like. Like, I know for a fact that Bumble, which is now a popular app, that was, that was bought by... Like, someone owned Bumble as a... Because as a, I would have used it if I could have, but someone bought it as a, as a domain name. Okay, well, let's, t- let's, let's tell the story of Bumble. We, uh, Dave and I were at a uh, dinner at um, 
uh, I want to say Nabom Coppola's. I think that's yeah, the that's name. right. That's yeah. Right. That's yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Sofia Coppola's uh, restaurant, which is underneath. Uh, is it uh, Zoetrope Studios? Is that what? Uh, I guess I didn't realize that at the time. I Coppola, just... Coppola's editing. Uh, I mean, I mean, Francis Ford Coppola's editing. Yeah, uh, where place. he'll soon be editing Megapolis. There you go, or Megalopolis, or whatever it's called. Uh, so we were there with a bunch of people from uh, Image Comics and some yeah. other. Uh, ch- I mean, we're meeting people for the first time, including, you know, our our friend Branwyn uh, Bigglestone, uh, for the first time, who went on to be editor of uh, Extra Sisters and is uh, a friend to this day. So at one point, somehow Dave came up with a brilliant idea, and that brilliant <laughs> idea was. Well, it was just simply the fact that we were sitting across from these two really interesting looking women, Branwyn and her friend Tracy. Yeah. And I was like, how can we like introduce ourselves to these people when we're like total strangers at this dinner and everyone else knows each other? Yeah. So they're all comfortable, comfortably talking to each other. And we're just like sitting there. So I started pretending that the pictures that we were taking, I was going to upload to a site called Bumble. (laughs) And, you know, what's all the buzz? We just started making jokes about yeah. that. And then, what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. And so then they were like, oh, well, then they started believing it was real. And then we just had this sort of fun about it. And that's how we became friends. Like, we just sort of bonded over that thing. So Yeah, we made, yeah you made up a fake, I don't say we, you made it up, a fake, a fake site called Bumble. And it sounded really interesting. Yeah. And then that site ended up in a, uh, a uh, image book called uh, Johnny Loves Robots. Or Charlie Loves Robots. Charlie Loves Robots, yeah. yeah. I was like, hey! That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he the, the the writer of that was with us at the dinner, so he was part of the yeah the fun. The so he jam. went, well, this is fun. So because yeah, it was like it was like public domain by that point. Sure, we, sure. I was making no claim to to this is a real thing, but when I got home, I thought, well, that's kind of a fun name, Bumble. So I would you know because it's from like uh, Ukraine Cornelius, of course. Bumbles is a name for for Bumble's bounce. Yeah, Bumble's Bumble's so man. So I thought, oh, that's kind of fun. So I looked it up. Bumble.com, and it was owned by someone. Someone just had, you know, bought the domain name for some for a song, probably. Sure. So when, but then Bumble has come along, and so I imagine they bought that name at some expense from that person. So wait, in okay, in uh, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. is he called Bumble because he's an abominable snowman? Yeah, it's just a way of saying abominable. That's quickly to say, quick, quick and easy to say, Bumble. Oh well, there you go. That's how I learned that. <laughs> They don't. They don't explain it in the show, but that's what it means. He's he's calling them. He says Bumble's bounce, like abominable's bounce, okay. but it's easier to say Bumble's. And Hermie, the uh, the the dentist, is also the voice of Spider Man. There you go. Now you know that too. Did you say Hermie? Wasn't it? Is it Hermie? It is Hermie. You're right. Yeah. Herman, I guess. Yeah. yeah oh, you call him Herman? Well, I'm just saying. I was trying to think of what, <laughs> what would be the, with him? what would be the shorter. Like I was just trying to think, what is that a shortening of? It? Oh, Herman, of course, yeah. But you're more used to Herbie. Like not really Hermie is not super common. And I think the boss is also the voice of uh, J. Jonah Jameson. There's a little uh, crossover between the mm-hmm. Spider-Man cartoon and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. For the same reason, for both Canadian talent, cheaper. Yep. Cheaper by the dozen. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. No, well, now the now Bumble is is Bumble a matchmaking site? I believe it is. I'm, I don't know for sure. Okay. Now but, I could understand why you would want to even back in the day get Bumble because there's Bumblebee tuna. Mm-hmm. There's uh, you know bees are popular. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be bees. That all that all makes sense. I'm not sure if Bumblebee tuna still exists. Probably <laughs> does. Weird name for tuna. Now it that I'm thinking about it, yeah, it's a weird connection. Hey, when you think but tuna, guess... do you think honey? Oh, mm, a nice big sandwich of. Tuna and honey. Ah, oh, that sounds good. Tuna and honey. Put those things together. Bees and tuna could not be farther apart. What's the connection? Well, what's the connection to Cloverleaf? 
and tuna or yeah. salmon. Yeah. It's okay, just the but, name. But clover leaf, yeah. that's where you would find bumblebees in clover leaves, right? <laughs> so, so there's a connection there. Just like, when it, bumblebees are driving cars, you'll find them on the clover leaf exits and then exits from the on ramps and off ramps from freeways. That's right. And they look yeah. like uh, Volkswagens. And that yeah, all makes sense. No, it's a beetle. That's a completely different thing. <laughs> Thinking of beetles. Oh, I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, that's very weird. What the hell is the connection to clover leaves? And everything is not, maybe people don't like to. You know what? They're not connecting them. They're just names of the companies. But that's the only product they make, right? Bumblebee tuna? I don't really know. I don't well, know. Well, this is the kind of thing i got to look up now. All right. Cloverleaf, I assume, I associate with salmon. but uh, Okay. I, but I imagine they do tuna as well. I'm sure they do tuna as well, yeah. Bumblebee Foods, there we go. Uh, there we go. It was founded in 1899. Sure. There you are. Uh, they also have uh, uh, Bumblebee Wild Selections Beach Cliff. That doesn't sound good. Brunswick Snows, and they're mm. in San Diego. And oh, and the brand is is marketed as Cloverleaf in Canada. Oh, okay. It's the same. Oh, I see. Company, but mm. why the hell is it called Bumblebee? Well, I just want to see if that company was formed in eighteen nine in the eighteen nineties, and they call themselves Bumblebee. That seems really forward looking. Like most companies of that time period would have been like, you know, so and so and son. You know, not. Not a name like most companies were named after their, their their founders. Okay. Right, like Kellogg's or Nestle. Right. They're all named Cadbury. They're named after the person who started the company. But Bumblebee is calling itself like as a brand that's separated from the family that started it. I think that's interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. Mm-hmm. So why is it called Bumblebee Tuna? Here's why. Okay. Okay. In 1938, the CRPA I don't know what that is uh, added onto its main cannery in order to handle the volume of tuna being canned during this time. Both salmon and tuna were processed under the Bumblebee label, a name inspired by a fishing vessel owned by the company. Ah, there you go. It's named after a film fishing vessel. It was called Bumblebee. Now it's called Bumblebee. Then Cloverleaf, I guess, is like Bumblebees. And so Canada. And there we go. And it all makes sense. And I mean, I can see, I think Cloverleaf kind of implies freshness, you know? Sure. Like I I was reading today in the newspaper, um, John Mackey, uh, who is a local journalist, Interviewed a uh, former friend of the show, Rob Rebusel, and I for our uh, for a ma- uh, newspaper article one time. Mm-hmm. But he bought a clock. I think he bought it for like a dollar that used to hang in the white the white I think it's called White Lunch Cafe. Okay, yeah, there was a couple of those. Okay, and which I was looking at the name, I was thinking like that's a really weird name. Like it just that wouldn't really fly nowadays. It, yeah, it, it shouldn't. Yeah, but the name actually this was. Was referring to cleanliness. No, it was not. Oh, what was no, it referring it was to? Not. Oh, really? The white spot was referring to cleanliness. Okay. Uh, white lunch meant you're not going to get any Chinese food here. Oh, is that what it was? That was what it meant. Oh, fuck them. Yeah. But yeah. it's kind of a nice white sign. Sp- and uh, the reason I know that is because white spot. Yeah. Uh, and without directly going, look, we know. <laughs> uh, every time they do their description of why they're called that is like, all right. You know, at the time there was this, but that was basically what it was saying. Okay. okay. Which is like, this is going to be, look, folks, white people food. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. Not uh, going to get any in the because we're a bunch of badoos. Yeah. That's funny. There was one of those, uh, we were just looking at an old, uh, fo- uh, old as in like 1985, which may be old to you. It's not as old to us, <laughs> but it was old. Uh, it, is, it is old, even picture of uh, Golden Age collectibles on Granville Street, and in that same city block, uh, there was a white lunch. Uh, oh, really? Not too long ago, not too long before that. Yes, I don't remember that. Yeah, 
but I, I kind of stuck to a pretty narrow part of the of that street. No, it was before your time, but it was mm, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting because like like I remember Robson Street, which is now like this very hoity-toity shopping district full of like you know kind of high-end stores. Robson Strauss. At the time, was Robson Strauss yeah. when we were younger, and it was like it was full of like del- delicatessens and and it had um, House of Clogs. House of Clogs, that's right. And then like what was the store called like Galloway's or something? Kind of it was like a, a like a food store where you would go and buy like bulk sprinkles or and you know okay. like baking baking goods and stuff like that. Sounds about right. They're, yeah. in, they're in Richmond now. We we used to go there to buy like um, things for making Christmas cookies and things, like getting ready for Christmas time. But it seems like you can just buy them anywhere. We have like a bake, baking store in um, Langley now, so we don't need to drive all the way to Richmond to get lost. But um, yeah, I just remember that being there. And if, now it just feels so weird that, you know, that anything like that existed mm-hmm. on that street. <laughs> that that road had a... Yeah, yeah I want to say that there was a Black Angus on uh, in that area as yep, well. Yep, yep, yeah, was yep, there? Okay. Yep. Which is very strange because we don't have that anymore. No. It's a very popular... Kind of the, the, States, the yeah. keg kind of kicked them out, I guess. The keg mm. kind of became the basically the keg probably is where the Black Angus was. Oh, maybe because it feels like that's a similar oh, yeah, area. There's a hidden keg around there. That's right. There? That's, that's right. right. And that's where the you never is. see it, but it's like oh, there, oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's just like one of those things like you uh, you forget that uh, there's a Trump Tower there, and you're like, hey, well, what is all that? <laughs> is it still a Trump Tower? Uh, actually, it's. Well, they sold they sold it, so it's not oh. connected with them anymore. Okay. And, you know, at some point, maybe get rid of the name. Maybe take the name off. And well, it was never connected to Trump in, in any way other than they paid to have his name attached to it. Yeah, which, that'll do. Which seems, I guess at the time, it seemed like, oh, this is a, this is a no-lose situation. Sure. Oh, boy. People love that game show. <laughs> People love that reality-based game show. You know, Joan, uh, Joan Rivers won it. Oh, I like Joan Rivers. Yeah, what's not to like about Joan Rivers? Oh, it's good fun all the way around. You know, she's the most controversial part of that show, though. Oh, and how? By far. It is interesting that Trump took the risk of having Joan Rivers on uh, that show. Was she, was, she, was she quite controversial? Well, you know, she was always, you know, uh, trying to push the envelope and yeah, say that's something, true, yeah. you know, but not mean it and not base policy on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's very strange when you when you see the people that are in that group and it's like, Penn Jillette. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. I guess. Sure. I guess they're giving you money to be on there. So what the heck? even if you lose, you're still getting paid. So. And if you saw the Joan Rivers documentary, which I forget the name of it, but it's very good. Uh, it was a big deal for her to win it. Oh, really? Yeah, because she didn't want to, you know, she was always worried about being a has-been and being Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. And yeah. she went on and she just she just beat them all. She won and it mattered a lot to her. She huh. was very happy about that. Yeah. You couldn't tell because her face didn't move. But no. But she was, she was inside, deep inside, deep underneath everything. Yeah. There was a smile. A little smile. A smile on the inside. She smiled on the inside. <laughs> yeah, there was, I was watching, um, speaking of these sort of disasters. I was watching a making of thingy on uh, YouTube of of the Suicide Squad, and they're interviewing Sylvester Stallone. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he doesn't look a day over what the fuck happened. Just <laughs> like his face is like this weird mess. Do you think it's time to just send him up north to do another workout montage? <laughs> so he'll just come back nice and. I don't know. I don't know what they can do. I mean, I, we saw him not re, not too long ago in Creed Two, yeah. and he seemed Sylvester Stallone. I guess it. De- I mean, 
That's the magic of movies, though, right? Yeah, like, we saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Mm-hmm, he seems Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone. Sure, sure. Yeah. But nowadays they're doing a lot of CGI tweaking of actors, mm-hmm. right? So it helps. They they keep kind of keep the age, keep de aging them just a little bit, not not turning them into like plastic robots, but taking away some of the more obvious signs of aging. You know. Yeah, I think the deal with Sylvester Stallone now is just like uh, be respectful of him, uh, bring him in, have him do a couple of lines. Uh, don't interview him afterwards and get him out of there <laughs> and don't ask him, hey, what do you think about things? Nope, 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 nope. Just eh, shuffle, 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 shuffle. So he'll talk his way into, oh. <laughs> well, I guess you can, I guess when you're doing this sort of thing, you can edit, you can edit around the, oh. Yeah, oh, unless your job is to uh, do the controversial thing to get some clicks, in which case mm. you edit around the good and then you yeah. just put in the, oh, because there's people <laughs> whose business it is. To do that. Yeah, this was this was more of a this is a making up for they they wanted to promote the movie not not create not cause a you know a uh, hornet's nest of of interest in the we're all mad at you now. I was uh, I was asking some things during um, a, a live screening uh, as in like a live watching of Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, this was on. the one that with um, James Na- Gunn. Oh, I thought because Nathan Fillion did one as well. Yeah, Nathan Fillion was part of it as okay, well. Okay, okay. Uh, and I'm I'm still getting things on Twitter about that. People responding to it, but I, yeah, I had a question about uh, Rick Flag and what he knew and when he knew it, and uh, and uh, James Gunn answered it and was like, okay, it's good to know that. All right, that's well, what was what was your question? Like, my question generally was, and I don't want to spoil anything for the movie for people who haven't seen it, but like some stuff happens off the top, and I want to know if. Rick Flagg was in the know. Oh, okay. You know, or or not. Yeah. And the answer was not. Yeah, I thought I thought so. I thought so too. But yeah. you know, look in the first movie, uh, you know, a slipknot tries to escape and Rick Flagg just kills him, blows his head off. And so I was like, Well, Rick Flagg's not a good guy either. Like no one's a good guy. <laughs> but the other guy just like just just murdered a guy for trying to run away. Yeah. So yeah. you're not you're not you're not an ace guy. And in this film I think they played him a lot more like just a, a good guy, good guy, which mm-hmm. he would be unless he knew what was gonna happen off the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, but you know, the answer from James Gunn, he did not. He's uh, kinda innocent in this. Yeah. And there you go. So good on Rick Flagg. Amanda Waller is the the bad the bad person, and his uh, shirt has a little rabbit on it, and it says something. I think it's in. I'm not sure what language it's in, but it translates to "obstacles are opportunities," mm. which is uh, James Gunn's personal slogan. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, interesting. And at one point in the film, when Harley Quinn is having kind of a hallucination during a fight scene, mm-hmm. that rabbit was supposed to join in. Oh, okay, but it was just too busy. Yeah, yeah. And so they cut the rabbit and left the rest of the stuff, which I think was a, a yeah. better call. Hmm. hmm. No, it's a, it's a good movie. I saw I saw it twice. Mm. I went with, I went with the family to see it. So uh, when the family saw it, how did the family feel? Oh, enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. So I mean, if that's what you if you like action movies, then you're going to enjoy the Suicide Squad. That would be my my review. But it's not. I would say it's not a traditional uh, action movie. There's action in it. Yeah, yeah. But it's got some zip over here and doop over there and zip over there. <laughs> yeah, up, I mean it's, up, got, it's got comedy and stuff in it too, but and some legitimate yeah. like uh, stuff when with some of the violence. Mm-hmm. There's one scene with just like not a machete, but it's some sort of like little axe type thing where a person just gets chopped up while they're like sleeping and just chop chop. It's chop, a chop, knife. Chop. It's a knife. Yeah, and yeah. just chop 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 chop. Yeah. and it's just so casual and just. Yeah, it's like I've never seen anything like that uh, in, in a movie before, and uh, I was like, "Oh, okay, it's fine," and we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, I, 
It's that's, not that it bothers. That scene, but I've never seen that before. It was more to me that scene. That you know, obviously, that scene is bothersome because those people are terrible, and you're just like, "Well, this is awful. This is like a massacre of these poor innocent people." Yeah. And you know they're innocent. Like you're just like, "Oh, this is total misunderstanding," and oh boy, this is awful. Yeah, you need a couple of things where uh, you kill the wrong people first. And I was like, "Oh, these guys aren't good at this." <laughs> that really ups the stakes. Yeah, yeah. I um, uh, they did a thing too in in the in the movie where they they did a scene and then they flash back to stuff that happened, which I don't like. Uh, but it was still it was still fine. But uh, why I'm bringing that up is P and I uh, watched a first couple of episodes of uh, Only Murders in the Building. The, uh, oh, I'm interested in that. I it, seen yeah, it Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short and uh, Sel- Selma Gomez, Selena Gomez, Selena, Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. Yeah. Uh, but it it does, and without any spoilers, it does start with a here's a scene, and then uh, we both just went, don't say two weeks earlier, <laughs> two months earlier. I, God damn it! I don't mind that. Oh. I don't mind that because what I like about oh, it's just oh, such a cliche. I guess so. But what I enjoy about it, especially in Suicide Squad, is that you see the you know, you see the scene and then you see the characters before that happens. And, and, you know, they're like oblivious to everything, that their future. And you're like, this is kind of fun because yeah. we know something they don't know. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I just traditionally do not like it because it's like, all right. you know, you always get a scene that's like, sure. oh, this is exciting and really neat. And here we go. And it's like, all right, slow down, pops. We're going to take you way back and we'll be getting back to this scene. Well, I reckon uh, maybe a couple episodes from now, or maybe uh, yeah. if it's a movie, we're going to get get to this in forty five minutes. So slow sure. your horses, Jack. You're not going to get to the scene you're interested in for a while. All right. Well, if it's a tradition, I, I don't want to. I want to argue about it. And I'm of course smoking my my pipe, <laughs> your pipe. of smugness. But uh, I'll tell you this about the uh, the thing, because uh, it looked like uh, Manhattan Murder Mysteries from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, uh, which, by the way. Is a great movie. There you go. Uh, I, yeah, very much, very much like it as well. Um, but this one goes in some directions that it's uh, it's interesting and it's not what you expect. And it's like, oh, cool. all right, good, cool. Is it is it a comedy? Yes, there's enough. Well, I expected that. Straight. Well, yes. Oh, wait. Listen, it's a McDLT. <laughs> the hot side's hot. The cold side's cold. Oh, okay. So there's enough. There's enough cold side. Yeah. That, uh, that you're like, oh, that's very grounded and very, mm. oh, okay, all right, I'm feeling, that's cool. That's cool. I'm, feel, I'm having feelings here, and then it's like, now the hot side, we got <laughs> Steve and, Mar- and Marty doing a little gym jam, and you know, they, they yeah, do yeah, their yeah. insulty gym jam, and it's like, sure, yeah, there you sure. go. Sounds fun. I, I'm look, I want to see it. I've been watching this show on, it's, we, ha- we have Acorn TV. Okay. Which I think is all Australian murder shows. If you keep, yeah, if you keep that long enough, it turns into Oak TV. <laughs> okay, well, I can't wait till it's a Mighty Oak TV. But right now, it's Acorn TV. And but there's a show in there called Mister and Mrs. Murder. Okay. And it's about a couple who are uh, crime scene cleaners. Like they come, they're like they do ha- hazardous waste cleanup. And is the of course they're is that the slang term they refer to in in the business in the reality of the show. Or is that just the title? It's just the title of the show. Yeah, they don't. Okay. In no way are they. The but, cops don't go call Mister and Mister yeah. Murder. <laughs> they are. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. No, no. There's basically one cop, and he is. And so one of the one of the um, little bit little kind of things in the show is that everyone loves the wife. Like she is really a good looking woman, so everyone just like falls in love with her and gets really interested in her. Whereas the guy is just sort of there, is like in the background, <laughs> you know. And so you know, so the the policeman is always giving her information that he shouldn't. Because he's just so spitting with her. 
But then the the husband shows up, and of course he's always disappointed, you know. Like so, like say they're at a di- like a, a cafe, and he 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 orders some coffee and you know some little little bitty bits for them, and then of course then the husband shows up and he eats one of the bitty bits, and she eats a bitty bit, and then they leave, and he's just by himself there, you know. So it's just kind of, but you know, he shouldn't have those thoughts. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, but it's really it's a, quite a fun show. Like it's quite there's a little quite a br- bit of comedy to it. I, there's one episode where they. They have a, I think she's like their niece who's living with them while she's going to university. And so she helps out with the, with the job. And also they, they rope her into doing things while they're trying to like investigate a crime. Because they have like, they have no reason or right to be doing this. So they always have to be sneaking around in some way. And so they want to like have her spying at this barn. And so they, the guy calls up pretending to be some Irish lord who wants to send his niece to, you know, do some get to make writing experience stuff. And this guy's, you know, of course, flattered this Lord wants to and blah. So she shows up and she's wearing like, like she's in Riverdance. She's got this green <laughs> dress on, the green sequin dress <laughs> with this big shamrock on this, this kind of big uh, scar, you know, kind of like thing that wraps around her neck and kind of goes off. Oh, it's just so hilarious. Because it's just so like ridiculous. Like, you know, I, my Irish niece is coming. Oh, okay. She shows up dressed like she's going to start doing a dance. So this is great. Like, it's so silly. But no one comments on it because they're just like, well, of course she's Irish. She's going to dress like this. Yeah, that's, what, you know, that's what the Irish dance. But it's so ridiculous. And the other episode, the one I just watched, they kept, I guess, um, it, was, it takes place in an art gallery. So the husband keeps talking about his, his wife who she painted once this great painting of a horse. And he's always complimenting on her. He's like, so great, that horse that she did. It was... So, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard shape to get. <laughs> and he keeps telling that to artists they're meeting and stuff like that. Oh, my wife's quite a painter as well. She painted a horse one time. It was really hard, you know. And then they, they, they show her painting and then, so the, the husband is like posing as Napoleon. He's got like the full regalia on and a, like even the wig and stuff like that. And then the niece is like, dresses like a peasant woman, hunched over, holding this thing of fruit out to him. And it's just like the most awkward. She's like, can I... Straight, no, 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 don't, don't move. And then, and then the orange falls off of her platter, and then the the wife's all mad, and she just scratches out the painting. It's just just ruined, you know. And it's just so silly, but it's really good. It's a fun show. Oh, that's cool. I recommend so Mr. it. Mr. and Mrs. Murder. Murder. Yeah, I like it. Available on Acorn, which we we do get because uh, we like that um, Mrs. Mrs. Fisher's Modern Mysteries. I think it's called. It feels like you've got all alliterative things. That, mm-hmm. We like Mrs. Fisher's Modern Mysteries. Yeah. And we like Mr. and Mrs. Murder. Yeah. We like the Munchkins of Meadow Lane <laughs> I do, Murders. I do. You're we right. like. You're right. Yeah, so there's a few, few good kind of mystery shows that we watch on that uh, channel. Because Lisa really likes mystery shows. Like, she likes murder shows. So. Oh, I think she will uh, like this. Ah, yeah. That's why, that's why I was hoping. Yeah, it's, it's to got legit uh, mystery to it as well, which cool. is nice. Cool, yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to ask you, since you mentioned horses, uh, uh, do you have access to that horse dewormer that's so popular right now? Yes, of course we do. Very good. Okay. But could we get it right now? Because everyone else is buying it in order to ingest it for themselves. Which, by the way, not a good idea. But it is. But Joe Rogan did it, so I assume it's okay. Well, I, Joe Rogan is a very wealthy man, right? And can, so, if you're a wealthy man, you can take horse to work. No, you can go to a doctor and get prescribed ivermectin, ah, which okay. is a which is a different situation. Prescribed at at human doses by by pharmacists. You do not. It's not recommended that you go to a feed store and buy a tube of stuff that's made made at horse grade. You know, like as I, as crazy. I mentioned today online, I was like really hoping that this was just. A cruel joke. Some, and the whole point was, we've got to make Joe Rogan take horse dewormer. 
How do we do this? Because, <laughs> well, why? Well, I was on Fear Factor, and he mm-hmm. made me and my wife camel <laughs> testicles. And, and, and for all my life, I'm like, we got to get them back. Yeah. And like, now is the time. Like, wait, what, did they fall into this show? They didn't go on it willingly, I guess. There's these people who are so angry. We needed money. We needed the money, <laughs> and we were willing to eat some camel testicles. And uh, we came in third. Oh. And then, and then my wife uh, fell into a vat of uh, feces. And, uh, <laughs> and Dandy laughed at us. And so, yeah, and so they uh, they tricked him into uh, taking a horse to warmer. I enjoyed the stunt part of that show. Yeah, I didn't like any other part of it. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't like the gross out stuff. Is just yeah, I don't care about that. I don't care for that stuff. But I like when they're like, you know, they had people on top of a truck and they're supposed to jump from that truck onto something else. And you know, they they had all you know ropes and things that they had attached to them. It's just getting over the fear. Because it's really safe, like they, yeah. you know, they have professional people getting you set. Yeah, up they're not this. gonna, they're not gonna have you sue them. Yeah, because that's how the money really gets made. <laughs> that's right. That's that's where the really the if fear wanna, factor. You, you want to yeah. make a million dollars? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to make fifty million dollars? Okay, here's how we go. Yeah, so yeah. that that to me would be like because that would be really testing of your ability to like trust other people. Like, cause sure. it's not just fear factor; it's like a trust factor as well. So that, that was, was fascinating. But by the, the way, the, eating beetles and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not fear. Yeah, that's gross. Like a, like a spider crawling across your face, that's fear. Uh, a spider that you grab and you eat, that's not fear. <laughs> and also, like if they did eat some living things, which like was like, Ugh, don't do that. The animal doesn't need this shit. Like you're going to eat something, eat something. It just, it, it, to me, it was the worst kind of like American stereotype mm. of just like, you know, Here's what food is to us. <laughs> yeah, just a, a dare. Yeah, it's a, it's a dare. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's probably another culture that will eat this thing because there's a culture that will eat everything and they'll <laughs> eat it in a certain way. But you're going, you're so gross. Yeah, yeah. The thing you eat is the, the. You just want to see like someone from France who's like, here's Fear Factor. is like, he's got to eat like American fast food. He's like, oh, no. It's, it's a Carl's Jr. burger. Oh, no, no. I cannot do. Okay. I need the Franks. It's like, don't you mean euros? I don't know. <laughs> I thought he meant Frank's Red Hots. Yeah, I need some Frank's Red Hots <laughs> to eat these Franks. I put that merde on everything. <laughs> Do I get any money for that? Doing the plug? <laughs> no. Oh. oh, only the old women make the money, huh? That's the way it is in your country, huh? Oh. <laughs> you turn out a Cajun at the end. A guarantee! <laughs> All the accents you want. All of them. <laughs> uh yeah okay well that's that's good uh hopefully you're uh you you can have a horse dewormer when you need it yeah i mean you don't need it every month it's something you do i think maybe twice a year you put the big tube into their mouth and they'll get out the horse they put their big tongue out and they like blah and they're like trying to like not swallow it but they can't help it they have to swallow it and they're just like, Ugh, ee. do you think nowadays you could then like just put on the tv and show them people eating horse dewormer <laughs> and, yes. and the horses are just like you know <laughs> It's Joe Rogan. That's what I. That's how he, I felt he, about I it. I mean, he seems to know something. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, listen, he makes a lot of money, so he can't be dumb. If you look up, <laughs> if you look up ivermectin online, there are tests that were done in India that showed that it did like do something helpful. Sure, but the, what like I, like I said, this is that you know human human grade ivermectin given, prescribed by by doctors not people like sucking back on in a your tube. plan it's out of pocket <laughs> this is not covered and it's not a cure it's not a preventative thing it's it helped with some aspects of it, it you know like it's there was a report where i was watching yesterday at lunch 
talking about a Brazilian snake that they've discovered the venom attacks some yeah. aspects of COVID. We were watching, I was just like, oh, fuck, that, that snake is dead. That's an extinct animal right yeah. there. Like, everyone's going to be rushing. They did have, like, a person talking in, the, in, the, in this report. I thought you were going to say, to the snake. To the snake. <laughs> it's all right. You're okay. No, he was, uh, he was just saying, like, it's not the snake. Like, it's not the venom itself. It's a component of the venom. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't go and get the, the poison from the snake. I heard venom. I'm going to get it. Exactly. That's what I kept saying. Like, no one's listening to you now, though. Everyone's heard the venom part, and so they're all running off to see the movie. I know, and you want to, yeah. And you want to, like, turn to people and just go, but the vaccine is too experimental. <laughs> That's right. You're what do you have to do? You have to fuck a snake. <laughs> What? Can't well, you just drain it from... No, no. no it no. has to be intercourse. Mm-hmm. You have to stimulate the snake. Yeah. It has to be consensual. Yeah. And, and I, we have to be allowed to film it. Yeah. It has to be assertively consensual. <laughs> or enthusiastically consensual. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... It has yeah. to say, yes! <laughs> Bite. <laughs> yeah, I know there's some people that were saying, like, uh, <laughs> someone tell Joe Rogan about this right away. <laughs> Next thing you well, see, he said it. He did say... Ivermectin in, in his little speech. Oh, sure, sure. On but I mean, the, I mean the snake. Oh, the snake. Yes, yes. He'll be in on that too. He's a wealthy man. He can he can afford experimental uh, treatments. The thing is, is like this. This is it's bad in both ways. It's bad <sighs> if he like gets COVID and he dies. That's a terrible yeah, thing that happened bad. to anyone. We don't want that. But it's also bad if he gets it and he lives because now everyone's going to be like, well, Joe Rogan isn't vaccinated. And he says he's feeling great. And he did a bunch of. He, he's a healthy uh, person who looks like a side of beef. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's the thing for the Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> you know? He's slowly... I were, when he was on news radio... It's clobbering time. I was thinking, who's this handsome guy on the show? Yeah, nice looking folk. He's a nice looking guy. I mean, yeah. now, now he looks like a thumb. What happened? As that's age, that I guess. That show... Uh, yeah. You can tell me I look like a thumb, everybody. It, it happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, here's, here's... Look. News radio. It's news good, radio. It's a good show. It was a very good show. It's a very good show. But here's watching news radio now. <laughs> uh, let's watch news radio. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, here comes, oh, yeah, I forgot that he, oh, no, yeah, and him, oh, no, Andy Dick, oh, my God, Phil Hart, what happened to Phil, oh, no, <laughs> but he was replaced by John Love, oh, no, Joe, Joe Rogan, oh, no, Kathy Griffin, that's not Kathy Griffin, I think it is, it's not, it's not, I think it is, no, it's not. Mm, she's younger. No, she's not. It's a totally different actor who looks like Kathy Griffin, but it's not Kathy Griffin. I think it's Kathy Griffin. It's not! It's not Kathy Griffin. Oh, the secondary female. Yeah. You basically want uh, you want Stephen Root. You mm-hmm. want uh, Dave Foley. Yep. Surprising Dave Foley made, has made it out clean so far. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> so and then I, I forget the name of the woman who was the, the second Moira, lead. Moira Tierney? Yeah, she's fine. Something Get like those three together and just put them on like... They're all doing a podcast, and you make it like news podcast. And it's those three, and and them alone, them alone. Yeah. And uh, and and that's your. That's did your she go into ER? I think so. Yeah, yeah. that does sound right. She but did. That was a she show, did okay. That was a show that was on a long time, and yet every season was just like, oh, it's not going to get renewed. ER? So, no, not ER. Oh, ER news was radio. Like news radio. Yeah, yeah. ER was a juggernaut. You know what's funny is we we were big fans of ER or I'm sorry, not ER. I never saw ER, but um, news radio. Okay. And then, and I really liked Andy Dick on it. He seems yeah. so great. And then there was like a, a Rolling Stone, um, I think it was a Rolling Stone, it was a magazine that we had, and it had a, it had a feature about him in it. And I remember Lisa reading it and she went, he is not a good person. No. <laughs> <laughs> he 
there's a lot of problems. I said, really? And I read it. I was like, oh, yikes. This is not, this is a car crash. Yeah. Yikes. And you think like, he's going to cause the most damage of anyone on this. Nope. <laughs> well, who is? <laughs> well, Dave Foley. Nope. <laughs> really? Okay. Mm. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> that guy? He's a bit of a stiff. What do you think? He's got some thoughts. He's got some thoughts. <laughs> he, he hasn't thought them through yet, but he has some thoughts. He's, yeah. He's going to think about them out loud to you for, for hours and hours on end. I really liked when Bill Burr was on his show. And they're both smoking uh, cigars. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, they're, they're manly men. Yeah, and Joe Rogan is asking him about, you know, the vaccines and whatnot. And Bill Burr is just like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Us two guys smoking cigars, you with the American flag behind you. <laughs> you know, we're going to go against what, like, the experts are saying. Us. This is what's going to happen. No. No. Yeah. That's one thing about Bill Burr. He's got like that sense of like, I know what this looks like. This looks terrible. And you're correct. Well played. <laughs> I don't want to become a meme. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Eventually everyone becomes a meme. But I'm glad uh, I'm glad Dave Foldy's back doing Kids in the Hall stuff. He's, uh, you know, and it looks like it's going to be good. That's, that's my feeling on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I just like the guy. <laughs> I've I met him too. a couple of times and every time I've met him, I'm like, all right. Okay. Why do you feel that way about him? Um, Did he feel... sell out by doing a Bugs Life? <laughs> yeah, I hate Pixar so much. <laughs> um, no, I feel that uh, comedians yes. uh, sometimes are on the defensive and mm. sometimes are have their guards up. And I think he's gone through a lot of stuff. And I think they're, you know, if there's someone who could maybe have turned a little bitter... Could have been him because mm-hmm. he's had a hard time. Uh, so yeah, conceivably, uh, you know, he might be a little uh, snippy. Uh, and uh, no, he's always been really uh, sweet. That's nice. Yeah, uh, Bruce McCullough also very sweet. The Canadians, what can you do? Yeah, Scott Thompson. I don't know, kind of blew us off every time we've seen him, but oh, that's there... fine. Yeah, that's all right. Apparently, he is the kind of most prickly character in the show. Mark McKinney, very nice. Mm-hmm. Never met Kevin McDonald. Well, he avoided you, so maybe you could put him. Maybe in. He did. <laughs> maybe he did. I always liked him. I think Scott. Yeah, I think he's. I think he gave himself the hardest ride of all of all those guys. So you know, some of it's you know just the personality, I guess. But but I mean, there's a guy. Hey, as a person who went through the first mass shooting in Canada. Oh, I don't. What, what was that? Tell me. Oh yeah, it was as there was a school shooting at his at his high school when he was uh, in in high school. Oh shit! Yeah, someone killed a, some other like another student killed a bunch of other students that. His high school, and uh, so that, yeah, a lot of a lot a long time trauma about that. He, um, you know, he did Kids in the Hall, mm-hmm. which you know, very well received yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, then went on to do the Larry Sanders show. Very good. Yeah. And uh, the thing he didn't like about that was he was kind of getting the, a lot of the uh, the scripts were focused on him being gay. Yeah. Instead of you know just yeah. a little more. I mean, uh, he he put that focus on himself yeah but i don't think that's what he wanted to happen but he did did do it to himself in a way uh and not not to excuse doing that but i just mean that he you know he made himself very very much about his gayness and it was a time where you were trying to do kind of shocky humor in order to say you know let me say in the noble way to expose greater truths yeah you know, yeah. Uh, but you would do the shock mm-hmm. to then uh, reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, <laughs> he was saying how 
uh, someone someone came up to him and was just like, "What's it? What's it feel like being on the the greatest show on on television?" And he's like, "I, I thought I already was." I thought <laughs> Hall was. And then like a- after that, he went on to do um, uh, Hannibal, which again was like, "Well, wow, that's a really good show." Like all these shows, there's a bit, of, on- it, there's a bit of a time yeah. lapse between right. But if you, you look know, at like you were on three shows that mm-hmm. are like. Whoa, those are three good shows. And, you know, it's very uh, rare for... I know you guys like Hannibal. I'm, oh, very much so. I'm less interested in, in Pinterest serial killers. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I thought it was beautifully uh, beautifully shot and some of the dialogue was just shit. That's... Mm. Oof, oof. But, and then, you know, uh, constantly on the Conan O'Brien show doing sketches that were just, like, really funny. And I was like, yeah, I really like the guy. I kind of felt that they did to Will on that show what they did to uh, David Morris on... Uh, Say it elsewhere. Whereas you take a character that everyone likes, and you're just like, time to shit on him. Let's make everything bad. He did have a hard time. And you're just kind of like, well, what's the fun of watching this? this is the, 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 your connecting character to the show is this, a, is this in a shitty situation the whole time? I feel okay with Blah. the bad things that happen to him because he's a jerk on the chair. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, now I'm like, maybe it's fine what happened to him. Yeah, but he was a good guy on uh, the Jane Austen book club. Yeah, but, you know, he's a bad guy, and there was something else where he was like a criminal. He's part of a big heist. I remember that. I was like, oh, good for him. He's getting the heist roles. Those are good. Oh, uh, recommendation for The Chair. Watch The Chair on Netflix if you haven't seen. Hmm. Sandro. Yeah. Uh, quite good. And uh, just a lot of the older actors kind of getting a little room to, hey, how you doing? Uh, it's, just, it's nice, too, because they, they have a scene in The Chair. And again, I'm not one for spoiling, and so I'm not gonna. Yeah. But traditionally, in a movie uh, where there is a female lead, sure. uh, she will, uh, at one point, feel very confident. And she'll be strutting. And she'll be Sandra Bullockin. And then, oh, she fell down. And you're like, ah, she fell. And they always make huh? the person fall. Like, you know, your uh, Rennie Zellwigers. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to make them like, feel good about themselves. And then, ah, they'll fall. And they do one of those like off the top in the chair. But they do it very well. Like, it's a very good little stunt that's just a simple thing, and she reacts to it really well. It was like, oh, that's better than it had to be. And that's what I felt about basically the whole show. It was like, this isn't a great show, but every part of it is, like, way better than it has to be. Hmm. This is better. Yeah. And they have a little kid on it that's her daughter that is, like, very realistic and went in a direction that I was like, hmm, good. You didn't just make it really simple. You, hmm, yeah, buy this. Yeah, good. Yeah. So that was me watching that show. Cool. Yeah. Glad you... And then I turn to Pia and go like, is What If on yet? Yeah? All right, let's watch What If. <laughs> I've watched one episode of that. I've what watched. if you watched more? What if? <laughs> what then? What then? I would have less. I have an hour's less time that I... I don't know what I was doing. I've I think been reading, I've been reading a lot lately. Yeah. I've been in really a reading mood. Are people reading again? I am. All right. It's the only way to stop that, uh, that stack near your bed from... Uh... <laughs> Collapsing and killing me. Yeah. I. What you reading, Dave? Well, I just finished reading... Uh, uh, by the way, this is a, the segment of the show called uh, Amongst the Reads with uh, Dave. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, it's been nice because it's summertime, obviously. And so... Living is easy. I've been just sitting in a chair in the back deck that is now complete and just reading at night. Like, so I just go out after dinner. After I wash the dishes and stuff like that, I'll just go outside and, and sit and read for an hour or so. And it's really nice to be out in the fresh air and just, you know, have the chicken squawking away. And then, uh, you know, and it's, yeah, it's so nice. So I've been reading, I just finished reading Ursula K. Le Guin's, um, uh, one of her books called Voices, which is, I really like her writing a lot. Uh, she did write a lot of YA, which is not my favorite genre in the world. I didn't read a lot of YA growing up. Okay. Because there, Was there YA? That's what I was going to say. There wasn't really 
the yeah. kind of YA we had at that time, there was YA, but it was kind of stuff like The Pigman or okay. um, like uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Those kind of books. Sure, like I'll that. give you a Judy Bloom books for you know stuff like that where they're but they're dealing with it felt like to me like very serious issues that I had no idea what they were talking about. Like because you know like Judy Bloom was writing for for a young female audience. And I was a young idiot. I had no idea. I didn't have sisters. So nothing that was happening in these books made any sense to me. You know, I remember reading The Pigmen by Paul Zundel. I think it was the writer. And there's stuff in there that's happening. And I had no idea what was going on. Like, I'm sure if I look back at it now, I'd be like, oh, the girl had an abortion. Or something like that. I don't even know what yeah. it was, to be honest. I just remember reading it. And I was, and I guess because he kind of had to pussyfoot around some of the things. Right. Because he didn't want to get like right out there and like get parents ang- angry. So you're, you're kind of coat couching in some way that you know it's a little bit vague so that you know and it was too vague for me because i just i was totally lost i was just like reading this book it was a mystery to me but I, you know i'm one of those people that once i start reading unless the book is absolutely garbage i will read it all the way to the end like i just can't help myself i'm just okay. like now i'm interested what's going to happen then when i get to the end i go well not so good but oh well <laughs> but yeah no so i just read voices by ursa k Le Guin, which is really really good really good book um and now I'm just started reading uh, Foundation by a- Isaac Asimov. It's a book I've always wanted to read. So. Oh, you've never, you haven't read it? No, okay. I've never read it before. I haven't either. Yeah. I found it at... Um, the other night, Lisa and I went and saw the movie Dream Horse with Tony Collette and Damian Lewis, where there's a lot of Welsh voices. I can't do Welsh voices. Uh, I could do it after the movie, because I, yeah. I had two hours of Welsh voices. So, But it's about, a, it's about a woman in a small Welsh village who decides that she wants to have a racehorse. And so she just like reads about this stallion that's available. No, a mare. A mare that's available. And she goes and buys it without really telling her husband that she's going to do this. And then her husband has to build like a barn on their allotment. They just live in a village. They're not like in, they have no property or anything. They don't have any acreage. So they have to build this little kind of shelter on, on their allotment and like, you know, where people garden and stuff like that. They have a bunch of goats and things and they turn this in. They have a horse there now. And then she like puts together a syndicate. So people in the village, everyone... This, this is like in the 80s, I think, it's taking place. So okay. everyone contributes. So they have like 12 people and they all contribute 10 pounds a month to the care, care of the horse and stuff. So, so um, she, they, she and her husband put up the 3,000 pounds it's going to cost for the stud to get, to get the mare pregnant. And so they you know, take the mare to a stallion and then it's pregnant, has a baby. The mare unfortunately dies. And so then they have the baby. And so then the people pay while the baby's growing up you know, when the foal is growing up and then, and then they have to pay for the training and stuff like that on the off chance that this pony or this, not pony, this foal will pony. There you go. The classic thing that are ponies, baby horses. No, they're not Dave. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, the, as a pony club member, Dave, I should know that I'm not a pony club member, but I, I've been so close to it all. I should be a pony. I'm like pony club member. Emer- is it because Emer- first rule of pony club is don't talk about pony club. That's so exactly can't right. Actually- I can't actually say what I know. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so then they, you know, so the people are paying this money in every week, every week, and then the horse goes for training. And this is based on a true story. And this horse actually was a really good racehorse. It became mm. a, it, won, it won money. They didn't win a lot. Like, they, I think it won like, like 150 grand. Okay. But it also got catastrophically injured at one point. And so they paid for it to get healed. And so that ate up a lot of the profits. And I think everyone ended up with like a, a, 1,100 pounds out of it all. Okay. But hey, better than better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because what they got was the excitement of having a horse that won the the Welsh National, you know, and stuff. Yeah. So, you know. 
And it was a good movie. And, you know, put Tony Collette in a film, you know, you're going to have a great actress. And you got a horse movie, then your wife's going to be happy with the horse oh, movie. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It was, you know, we've seen movies like The Rider, which I really, really liked, and Lean on Pete, which I really, really liked as well. And, you know, but this is a nice movie because it's, it's like a fun film, you know, like... I was thinking while I was watching this, I was like, man, they better not dark this ending because I will be <laughs> so... I'm going to tear this theater apart. It feels... Flipping seats. Whenever you talk about these films, I'm just reminded of like being 11 and like any time there was a, a movie with a horse in it mm-hmm. uh, at the theater down the street, it was like, take your sister. Oh, <laughs> I'm dragging my sister. The Black and Stallion. So, so I watched... Oh, yeah. And the Black Stallion Returns and hey, how about some more Black Stallion and uh, the Black Stallion's friend, uh, Phil. Oh, that <laughs> was like, Philly. And yeah, sure. all the knockoffs. Yeah. And then when we went through all that, then it was just like, okay, we're done with all the horse movies. Well, Born Free is playing. Okay. Born Free again. <laughs> Born One More Freedom. How about just this knockoff of Born Free? How about a wild horse that wants to be free? Oh, so yeah, I was always taking my sister to those damn things. Even to this day. So I've got a very strong repertoire, a youthful repertoire of seeing almost any <laughs> horse movie from this really tight window of 19... 19- if it was around... From like 1969 to 1979, yeah, uh, those were the ones they played. They played a lot of old movies, so like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. we never saw like uh, you know a Disney film about like you know the horse who likes uh, a bit of soccer, eh? Or none of none of those. <laughs> the horse in the, the plaid pants and trousers. The horse in the gray flannel suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The horse who found himself a hat. Which is a fun film to watch because well we've talked about it on on Fansplainers, Lisa and I, but it's it's a fun movie to watch because it's. It actually has like footage from an actual jumping competition of that time period, so you can see mm. like, oh, that's interesting. Like people in their military gear, gear riding and stuff like that was part of, you know, when you rode, you rode in your in your uniform or your or your uniform as a rider, your you know your, cool. your breeches and your jacket, your and all that stuff. That was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, that was a good good film. But this was this was fun too. And then when it was over, we went. We thought, well, let's go for dinner. So we went to Mr. Mike's. Okay. And, but they had like a. Uh, we, we had to wait a half an hour. So then we walked over. It's right. They share a parking lot with Valley Village. So we went over to Valley Village. When I was there, I found a four CD set of sound effects. <laughs> so I, I bought that. I was like, oh, this would be so useful. So everyone, this whole show is full of sound effects, I'm sure. I'm already like, we've just had everything happening. Horse sounds. It, and- it would be fun to... Uh- on the way home, just play a sound effects of car trouble, and then and, and just and just have that playing, and just people are like, "Is the car okay? What? It's fine." Yeah. Oh. Our truck's too new; it doesn't have a CD player in it. They took they took those out. Oh man, I know it sucks. The world. We thought, by the way, uh, just brief uh, thing. Uh, we thought our car was uh, a goner yesterday. Oh no, it was, it was the battery? It was fine. Oh, that's but it, good. But it looked like it wasn't mm. going to be good, and then it was like, "Oh, okay, we have." A little bit longer, just a little bit longer. Here we go. That's it's funny. I had to replace my battery last week too, because yeah, I went to start it on, on Monday morning. Because I hadn't driven it. I drove it on Saturday, then I didn't drive it Sunday. Then on Monday morning, I went to start it, and it was just like nothing. Yeah, it would, would not nothing. It was kind of like the lights came on, and it it went dee dee dee, and I was like, oh okay. Yeah, that's so what I had to do a jump do a jump yeah. start, and then it ran okay for for the next couple of days. But when I went to start it, it would kind of go like. You didn't want to, you know, just take a like, just kind of hesitated. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. So then I put it off, put it off, put it off. Finally, on Friday, I went and got a battery and changed it. Yeah, we weren't BCA before this, but now we are. So yeah, <laughs> BCA is very useful. I, I we are members of BCA as well. That's very useful. I mean, I, I have like jumper cables in my car, so I'm okay. But that kind of stuff. But yeah, for the for like Mary and Eve and, and Lisa, I like the idea that if they have trouble. They can call and get help. 
I'm not that way. I'm like, oh, by the side of the freeway, I'll just change the tire. It's fine. It's okay. I can do this. It's not fun, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, I haven't changed a tire in a very, very long time. It was in Los Angeles, and uh, we were dum dums. It was me. <laughs> it was me, uh, Dean Hagland, who you know I bring yeah. up quite a bit because uh, he's a semi-celebrity, so you know it really increases the <laughs> listener count. Sure does. And our friend uh, Roger, who was my other best man, and uh, yeah, the uh, we had to change the tire, so you know we're taking the the, the nuts. nuts off mm-hmm. and uh for some reason didn't realize how hot they'd be oh they were screaming hot wow like uh uh roger i think had no roger wouldn't because he does not like ice dean had a drink that had some uh ice and it was down just to the ice so we took the nuts and just put it in the ice and like immediately <laughs> like wow. straight through yeah like something happened with yeah, yeah. the tires that just like heated them up like crazy i wonder if the brakes were stuck like were like Pressing too much, so this you know, you're cre- creating this friction and heating up the the wheels. My memories are this. Here's my memory. It's like uh, so I'm reaching, for, I'm I'm unscrewing the nuts, and then I grab one and go fucking hell, and then and take the uh, t- then put the nuts into the uh, the cold beverage, yeah. Yeah. and then uh, Dean says to me, uh, "Look over there. What's that? That's Tony Randall's house." I'm like oh, <laughs> oh that's neat. Yeah, let's see if I can see Tony Randall in the back of his house. No. <laughs> okay, back to the thing. That's just my very strong memory of that. Cool. Yeah, the first time I changed the tire, I had to change the tire on Lisa's car. So I had to do it while my girlfriend was sitting in the car. And I was oh. like, i got to do this right. got to yeah. figure this out. Never done it before. Or no horse movies for you. <laughs> or my children will never be born. <laughs> That's right. That would yeah. be terrible. Yeah. So yeah, no, I had to do it. I had to do it. What's the last time I did it? I guess I had to change a tire on the horse trailer, our old horse trailer. Kept getting flats for some reason. I'm going to change the stupid tire. We just got the uh, bikes fixed because I'm, again, learning how to ride a bike again. And we had a mobile bike fix. Don't you just hop on and go? Oh, no. Because <laughs> uh, when you don't ride one for a long time, it becomes impossible because you realize how crazy this is. Mm. Uh, but so, yeah, I'm back to doing this. But my worry with this is like, what if the chain flies off? Well, what if this happens? Well, what if this ha- I don't know any of that shit anymore. I used to be able to do this yeah, like yeah. crazy. And yeah. it's just like, hmm. You just wish there was something you could do where you're just like, look, could I just get rid of one memory I've got now of something I don't care about and just like remember all the stuff about riding a bike and how to fix a bike? Because I knew it. If I could just get that, that'd yeah, be fantastic. Yeah. No. All right, fine. That's like, watch a YouTube video. Ah, I'm no good at that. I'm really shitty at like, you got to fix something. Watch a video. No, no good. I'm good when someone shows me. Then I'm mm. like, mm, yeah, I got it. Done, done, done. But it's like, yeah, just watch this. You can't ever. Yeah, it doesn't. It just goes. <laughs> no, I'm I'm bad at that. Yeah, huh. I just think of other things and look over the side. What are those other things? Huh? Oh, this is interesting. Oh, times the Hulk killed someone. Oh, I wonder how many times he killed. I should go back to this. What's all over here? There's another thing over here. Oh, you should, that's interesting. You should maybe make it full screen. So things that look like bums that aren't. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. Peaches do look. I should get back to this. <laughs> I should make it full screen. You're correct. Yeah. They have less distractions. <laughs> what I should do is I should just put on the damn VR helmet and just like go into the freaking world and uh, I'll be fine. Then I'll do it. In the VR world? In the VR world. Okay. Yeah. Is that tra- Are those skills transferable to reality? Well, it is reality in the VR world. Like I, I'm, <laughs> if I'm watching a video in the VR helmet, I oh, can't look I at see. other things. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 You're immersed in the video. I, I forced you to uh, put on the VR helmet before this and yeah. uh, watch scary movies. That was fun. That was fun. We did an Annabelle creation one. 
which I have seen that movie. I haven't seen the most recent Annabelle one. I keep, keep meaning to watch it. I just it came with when I was coloring. So the Annabelle of the ball. Yeah, Annabelle of the ball. <laughs> she just have that one. she decides to be good and she wants to go to the ball and murders her stepsisters. <laughs> the I guess it's the third one, Annabelle three. Anyway, so the, that they did Annabelle creation. So we had like the bedroom scene. If anyone's seen the movie, there's a bedroom with a dollhouse in it, mm-hmm. and there's a closet full of uh, has a bunch of Bible verses uh, tacked to the wall. There's supposed to be some way of like containing the doll, and which doesn't work. Doesn't work, by the way. And then um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of fun. It was a little kind of very jump scary. That was sort of yeah. the thing about it. That one was kind of more. I don't know. It's, it didn't feel. That we also did the nun. And I guess because it's a, it was in a convent and it had more, we traveled more, so we did like we traveled more areas, and so you're, it kind of shows the nun coming up to you, who by the way, to me looked like a, a penguin, <laughs> or an, or an owl, like a barn owl. Did you said puffin, I think. Puffin, I said puffin, but I'm thinking that more of like a barn owl. That's what I'm okay. thinking. The face was. Give Just, a hoot. Don't masturbate. <laughs> walking towards, and then you're like, okay, that sets up. She's scary. Blah blah blah. And then we just kind of walk through the 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 convent, walk through this convent, and then. And then you walk down this hallway and it's full of crosses, which that was kind of funny. I was like, we're walking through someone's Pinterest page again. <laughs> and then, then we walk up and then we go into this room where there's like a, a, a chair, uh, you know, kind of an official like priestly chair. And then you walk past these two tombs towards this chair. And then the room kind of flickers and then the, the nun appears in the, the chair. And then she disappears. She turns into a bunch of snakes and snakes are crawling around on the floor. And then, and then suddenly, boo, she like comes out of nowhere in front of you. And you're like, oh. So that was sort of that was sort of fun because there's more like atmosphere to that one. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah, it feels like it would be a fun. Uh, it'd be a fun like uh, medium to write horror for, like mm. VR. Mm-hmm. Just like well, what you control a little bit of like to do a thing in a Resident. And I'll again, I will spoil a tiny bit here. There's a Resident Evil game, and you get you you go to an attic, and there's a couple of mannequins in the attic, and they're all spread out. Okay. And then you turn around, and then when you look back, the mannequins are all together, and they've all moved, and they're all kind of looking at you. Oh, yeah. And you're like, geez! It's just this small <laughs> thing of just like, what's... But you can do that, because you're controlling your own pace. Yeah. But just like, now things are a little altered when you look back, and there you go, and that's you feel good. like you're in control. Yeah. But you're not... And that's, that, that's a little different than a movie, where like, you know, you're moving down the hall as fast as you feel like. Yeah. It's different than... You're being dragged down a hall in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's neat. It's neat. What do you do? What's scary? What's scary in this world? Yeah. 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 No. I mean, as long as it's done well, I mean, that's that's a, that's the thing. Like, it's always it's always a thing. Cause lots, there's lots of horror out there that's no good. Because whoever made it didn't understand, like, how to stage it or how to create tension. And didn't understand, you know, how to create atmosphere in a film so that you slowly build to the, to the actual horror. Because if you just jump to the horror, it's not that scary. It's more ridiculous. Because it's just silly. Like, yeah, and you've also, going into it knowing, you've seen a lot of horror movies before. Mm-hmm. So you've seen, you know, this isn't your first ghost. This isn't your first <laughs> yes. maniac with a knife. Yeah. What's new? What's the angle? Mm-hmm. What's the thing? Yeah, what are, you, what, what are we doing here? That was something I liked with, like, Get Out was, you know, I don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah. Something's, all right. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm feeling awkward because... You know, the, the dialogue is like, oh, these guys. Now I feel socially awkward about this whole thing. Oh, what's that? Yeah. What's going on? And, you know, if you, if you were to ask me like, you know, 20 guesses what I thought, and I'm not going to say what ends up happening at the end. If you gave me 20 guesses as to like, what's the horror about for real? I would not have guessed what was going on. But, you know. Hmm. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I'm, I guess there's people that find that film horrifying. I don't find it that scary. I think it's more like a suspense mystery. Sure. 
you know, it is what it is. Because it is a mystery. You're, you know, I'm going to say the that character the I, I'm going to say again without spoiling it. Yeah. The final scene looks like it's leading up to something incredibly dark and horrific. As which, in, like, which it as was. In, in real life. Which it was. Yeah. And then. Then they changed it. Flippity flip. Yeah. Then they changed smart. it. Yeah. And it's smart for them to change it, for sure. It, it's a, it comes across way better. Some movies earn. A, I mean, maybe that movie he would have earned. Earned it, earned like a, a sour ending if that's what they wanted to do, you know, because it is, it is a movie a, a, a about the re, the reality of black lives is really there's no escape from it. But then know? becomes who are we telling this to? Yeah. So you know, if we're telling this to white people, then we got to have a, a bad ending. If we're telling this to black people, they know. Yeah. So yeah. you know, you don't have to. Yeah, they get it. Have to so rub it in. Listen, yeah, yeah, we're in sure. fiction. We can fix some mm-hmm. shit that you know. Yeah. You, you, I'm sure. I mean, they did make a they did make a more sour ending, and then they watched it and went, "Nah, yeah, let's change that." Which you know, for you know, you we don't know. We'll never see that other version, or and or see it in a context that makes sense because we already have we've already seen it with a different ending, and we like it, so that's fine, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't think of that as as a scary movie. I think of it more as like a a mystery that has a, you know kind of scary elements to it, but not. I guess because again, I don't know what's what was going to happen, and because a comedian was the director, it made me think this is going to get bad. Because I think comedians can do some scary shit; hmm. they can manipulate things in a way that's oof. yeah. Uh, and so yeah, it was like, Ugh. and then again, it goes to crazy town, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, all right, that's an intro. Oh no, here we, oh, all right, okay, yeah, that's smart, smart. You're, you're having people leave and going like, yeah. So when people see people come out of the theater, they look like they had a good time. It's like, maybe I want to see that film. Oh, watch that film. That sounds good. Instead of people coming out going, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. That's life, huh? That was representative of life. That's yeah. how it is. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what they're doing with, uh, I don't know how Candyman ends, but I know they're trying to like kind of go down that same kind of route of like tying reality into... And social issues into mm-hmm. into the uh, the horror, which I mean, that's just what horror does, you know. It's like, what's this zombie movie really about? It's about this, is it? Yeah, or it's about eating brains. Whatever you want. <laughs> maybe it's about consumerism. Maybe it's about eating brains. I don't know. It could be both. It could be either. You know, whatever you want it to be. You choose. You choose. But what's what's uh, kind of frustrating about watching Candyman is the the fact that they keep calling calling this character in, into into their world. You know, they like they know. There's a story. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, so I just say it five times into a mirror. Yeah. But don't. Yeah, don't. But they do it anyway. Yeah, because people in horror movies do the things you shouldn't do. Because <laughs> that's it. And then you just watch and go, oh, dear. Yeah, it's like, it's like you know, your doctor or dentist goes, whatever you do, don't play with your tooth, the sore tooth that you got there with your tongue. You got to let it heal. So don't play with it. <laughs> don't play with it. And it's oh, like, okay, yeah, your tongue true. immediately, zoop. Yeah. Can't, can't help it. Can't, can't, cannot do it. I guess I, that's it. I always thought like Bloody Mary though it was three times. Where does five thing come from? Because this is a variation. It's more. It's more. We've talked about Bloody Mary and in an earlier episode, a Muddy Barry, who is you know the 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 twisted version there. There's a guy named Barry who's covered in mud who will yeah. come through your mirror. Yeah, the British version, Muzzbaz. <laughs> um, I think because five is more suspense suspenseful, you know. So you have the build to five times, you know. So it's the comedy of three. It's the suspense of five. I guess that's it. It'd be nice if when you said Bloody Mary into... I mean, but there's no mirrors around here. In fact, 
my wife broke a mirror earlier today. So oh dear. So there's we're we're even safer from from her. Seven years. Um, seven years. Seven years of uh, you know uh, no reflection on you. Um, <laughs> the uh, but it'd be nice if after you've said you know Bloody Mary three times, uh, then you just have a Bloody Mary in front of you. That's how you get that drink. <laughs> That'd be good. And you're just like, oh, that's good. But- Really then again, it's it's a it's a it's a drink made with tomato juice. So how good can it be? Yeah, seriously. Look, we're Canadian, so you know listen, we don't have that. We don't have bloody we don't have bloody Mary. We here. have Caesars here, so we're not going to judge anyone for having a bloody Mary when we've got <laughs> clam juice cocktails. <laughs> well, clam and tomato. Clam and tomato. Clam juice and tomato. Clam nectar and tomato. And what's the? Is it vodka that you? That you I believe have? it's vodka. Yeah. Anything else? Just vodka and clam this tomato vo- juice. Uh, is a there, salted rim. Salt, well, pe- salt and pepper rim. Salt and pepper rim. Yeah, celery to win. <laughs> celery. Is that and it? Is there a little bit of a hot sauce in it? Oh, I think there might be. I'm not sure. I'm my not, my folks, as you would, know, I don't drink. Uh, my my folks would uh, add a little Worcestershire sauce. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. a, that's possible. Um, I gotta say though, like every yeah, Worcestershire it, sauce. Sorry, vodka. Yeah. Uh, Caesar mix. Don't say Caesar mix, but okay. Yeah, I guess the the drink. Uh, hot sauce and Worcestershire sauce. Uh, large celery salt rimmed glass with a stalk of celery and a wedge of lime. Celery salt rimmed. Okay, yeah. okay, interesting. I guess that's why it looks a bit darker. So you've got a use for your celery salt aside from a Chicago hot dog. <laughs> there you go. You've got now two uses and, for it. And making your own relish. And making your own relish, absolutely. The, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like when we, it didn't happen last year, of course, obviously, but when we go for our annual Christmas dinner at work, it's amazing how much the table orders uh, a Caesar for, mm. for a drink, like for a cocktail for, with a meal. I would say fully like 70% of the adults who order ordering drinks order a Caesar. Okay. It's weird. What do you, why do you think it's weird? Because it's a weird drink. <laughs> well, what would, what would the drink... Okay. What drink do you think would be more appropriate? Oh, it's not that I think it's appropriate. I just think it would be more common for people to order like a beer or have a glass of wine. But, to have... but this is a fancy occasion. I guess. It's a li- but it's not a fancy occasion. It's not a have champagne. No, you're not having champagne yet. No, you're right. Right. And so what do you what do you have? Like a glass of wine? What are we? Yeah. What are we? Wine drinkers? Yeah, not really. What are we doing? <laughs> I want something that's got some bum boom to it, but yeah. I don't want to look like a souse. I don't want to order an old-fashioned... I don't want to order a rum and coke and yeah. just look like, you know, I'm one of the trailer park boys. Yeah. What's my option? A Caesar. Mm. Sounds classy. Sure. And, and, and you know, it's got enough stuff in, in it that you're going to be okay, probably. Mm-hmm. I guess. I know. But, you know, just, it, it's, it's a horror show. It's, it's a disgusting a <laughs> horror show. Yes. You, no human should drink it. I'm Dogs just, would turn up their noses at it and walk away. And I should have right. said I was surprised by what I'm, I was just... Bringing that up because you were saying who would have it. I was just saying, well, it's actually quite a popular drink. Yeah, that's true. Here's who would have it. That was my anecdotal evidence of... of, of It would be had by someone who, in high school, when it's like, what do you want to drink? We got some vodka. What else we got? We got some Caesar mix. That's a Caesar. Okay. You got anything of the other thing? Who cares? That's a good point. Okay. Just drink it. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Every drink is uh then. So there you go. It's fine. It's still uh It's it's what it is. Yeah. Do you like tomato juice at all on its own? I do not. Okay. And I like tomatoes a lot. But I'm Le- not a I'm not a juice fan. I'm not really a juice fan for any kind of juice, to okay. be honest with you. 
So uh, let me suggest this to you as if you ever want to try liking tomato juice. Okay. <laughs> There's sure. one place in the world where tomato juice is good. All right. And that place is mm-hmm. the sky. The sky. Oh, in an airplane? Yeah. If you're in an airplane, yeah. if someone orders a tomato juice, you have a sip? Yeah. Holy shit, that's good. Hmm. It's amazing. Why, why is this so good? You're in an airplane. I don't know what it is, but it's something about like, you know, your taste buds are a little different up here. Something's going on. All right. But like you have a tomato juice and go, to, God damn, that's... That's what I want. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But only up here. Yeah. Then like go back, you know, you're down, you're on the ground, like you're in the hotel room, just like, hey, there's a tomato juice in the fridge. Oh, fantastic. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up drinking tomato juice. I didn't mind it as a kid. I didn't yeah. mind it as a teenager. I just, as an adult, I've not pursued juice. Some reason when you're in the sky. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I very seldom order it. But if I do, I'm like, oh, right. I forgot. This is good. When the girls were growing up, we we used to have juice in the house, but I never really liked that either. I just apple or orange. Apple, when, when the kids were yeah, yeah, apple was very popular than the, with the girls when they were growing up. Was it uh, in a box or in a tin? It was uh, the box kind. Yeah, okay. it wasn't Alan's uh, apple juice in the big tin that you just take the thing and go kachunk on the top and kachunk on the top the, and the, it's like a nice medley taste. Yes, the triangular can opener. No, it yeah. was uh, it was Sunripe uh, that you just cut the the tab and. Out. That's better, yeah. But you know what? If you look at the ingredients, you know what the you know what there's more of in there than apple juice? Yeah, some sugar. Pear juice. Oh yeah, yeah, that does make sense. It's weird, but it's very popular. Often you will also get a little bit of grape juice in there. Mm. Yeah, mm. grape and uh, pear cheap juices. <laughs> We're gonna do all these pears. Let's make pour them and put them in the in the juices. We already got the apples. Might as well use the pears. And yet no one would go like, give me a big glass of pear juice. No, no and yet you drink it. You don't know it. I liked it. No, I liked it like my mom used to can pears. Okay. And I always liked the the nectar. Okay. The, the pear nectar that was in the jar. That was as good to me as the pears were. Were you ever a canner yourself? No. Uh, well, we can. We did applesauce when 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 we when uh, the girls were younger. When we had access to transparent apples, we made our own applesauce at home. Okay. And we did try making. Uh, we did try making salsa one time. And we also did um, relish. That's why I was talking about the celery How salsa. was your uh, salsa? Uh-huh. It was okay. It was too fancy. Yeah. I wish we just made like a normal one. Okay. But it was like too too fancy with the with the chili. We had to have like this special kind. And you got to grill them and then skin them. And then you, pa- you turn them into a paste. And then you put... And you're just kind of like, well, that was a lot of work. And what am I got? Some of this sort of like too... Tastes too much like these chilies, whatever kind they were. I don't remember now. But then um, we had to go to like Granville Island to get the chilies too, so it's like a lot of work for nothing. But my mom was a canner. My mom canned. She made her own pickles. She made. She always canned pears and peaches during the summertime. My mom uh, did make mustard pickles. And mustard pickles. That's right. Yeah, that was another one. Yes, my grandma was a mustard pickle queen, so that was. Uh, it was something of that era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're fine. It's fine, and I guess it felt. It felt like you were saving money to do it that way. Sure, and you have that on a nice corned beef sandwich. That's good. Mm. And to be honest with you, like uh, homemade canning is way better than store bought can like cans because they cheap on the, the salt, the sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, like when your mom, when your mom or your, whoever makes it, like they put in a good amount of sugar, and so it's more tasty. And then you get it from uh, get it out of the can. You're just like, what is this? What is this? This bland concoction who, who created this yeah you should uh, just have it in england if you're gonna have it at all and go like oh that's what's supposed to taste like but north american mustard pickles what, do you, what are we doing what are we doing well, what, who it, are we lying to come on has, if it has a pearl onions in it oh, i love the cauliflower in it too yeah so. <laughs> that yeah it's like surprising you're like what's cauliflower doing in here <laughs> yeah. who invited cauliflower to the party <laughs> it's like okay 
It's good though. Yeah. I, we always have mustard pickles in the fridge because I like them with ham. Mm. It's my only reason I like, I like to have ham is we have, if we have mustard pickles. So that, there you go. That's a secret to make me eat ham. Once again, very on brand. <laughs> we may be asking your favorite condiments. We've devolved to I this. do like the idea of maybe asking people, have you ever attempted pickling or mm. canning anything or sure, doing any sure, of that sure. stuff? Uh, how did it work out for you? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're still going to make some uh, cherry jam with the cherries from our tree. We've got that. They're frozen. Uh, ready to go. So come autumn times, which is now, we're going to do it. So we're going to do it. Cool. Yeah. For applesauce, we have like Lisa's mom's, which we have her, her apple peeler, a T-fell apple peeler, which does work quite well. And then um, then we also have this thing that mushes the apples up. Like you put... You a food slice, mill? You slice the apples and then you put it into the thing and you turn it. That's a food mill. And it yeah. grinds along on a disc kind of thing. Yep. Okay, that's a food mill, yeah. And so that gets a nice consistency to the to the uh, to the apples. Yeah, the, those are good for um, for tomato sauce as well. Oh yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Get the uh, skins off first, though. Yeah, yeah. Blanch them and then. Uh... Bloop, bloop. <laughs> and then take the skins and make little tomato ghosts. <laughs> I am the ghost of a former Why? tomato. Why did you kill me? Ooh. I'm deadly nightshade. <laughs> All the kids enjoy making tomato ghosts. <laughs> of course they do. You make your own fun. <laughs> Very nice. I'm from a haunted vine. Now, Dave, uh, 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 this is the time of the show where I ask you a question, and you sometimes go, of course, and sometimes you go, no. Uh, so is it a, huh? Or it's a, a no this week, yeah. All right, I'm, Just so people know, I'm thinking I'm going to make uh, Dark Shadows a bi-weekly Thing. Okay. So I'm not going to do it every week. This is very time consuming and I, I just don't feel like consuming my time right now. That is absolutely fine. It, so. so if you've watched Dark Shadows, uh, you know, uh, they keep watching more. And, uh, you know, and, and if you haven't been, now you got one more week to fill yourself in with Dark Shadows <laughs> That's right. before Dave That's right. goes through uh, the, the thing. Uh, people people love a Dark Shadows. Like sometimes I go online and like people are talking Dark Shadows. It's, uh, I like to think that we've uh, revitalized people's interests. <laughs> us. In, in this. Us. It's entirely up to us. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I have to admit that right now I just find the show a little, um, it's a bit of a, a hard stretch right now. So I'm looking forward to something new happening. Okay. I still think uh, getting uh, the lead to not be a vampire is a problem. Yeah, it's a dumb idea. Yeah, it's the writers of the show. I think they wanted to make him sympathetic rather than have him as a constant antagonist. But you know, an antagonist can be fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah, your protagonist is an antagonist. Fantastic. I'm in. <laughs> uh, they did that in uh, American Gothic, and I think that worked fine. Gary well, Cole. He's basically. I mean, it, it was he's good. the mayor. He's the or, or the chief of police. He's the devil. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's a soap opera. It's yeah. fun. The devil versus his son. Yeah. And it was fun, but, it, you know, the show only lasted half a year. <clears throat> it was only half a year? I don't think it was on even for a full season, yeah. So, I mean, we liked it, but I guess the world isn't ready for the evil protagonist. I think, I think it might have uh, lasted longer now. Mm-hmm. It seems like the kind of thing that we'd be, you know, game for now. But for a while, it was, like, really, really hot. Like, the whole someone's at the door, someone's at the door. Oh, man. People were uh, all over that stuff. Yeah, I'm not too sure exactly how long it. It's kind of like millennium, millennium as well. It didn't last like a full season. Felt like to me. No, did millennium it? lasted multiple seasons. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe my interest in it didn't last a yeah, full I think, season. I think, I think millennium had three seasons. <laughs> oh wow, that's, oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, my good. wife used to live uh, very close to the yellow house from millennium. We would walk to um, a restaurant for our dates. Okay, pass by the yellow house. I'm like, ah, the, the, <laughs> the devil was in there once. Remember that? Pardon me. <coughs> 
say the devil's name is going to make you cough. Where a friend of the family worked, a woman who used to babysit Lisa and her brother when, when they were younger, she... Um, 22 episodes of, uh, of American Gothic. Oh, that's not bad. Created by? Who created it? Was it created by the same person who created X-Files? No, it was created by a person who used to have a music career and also was a famous mystery solver. On oh, television. Sean Cassidy. That is correct. I forgot that. Um, the, uh, uh, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, yeah, anyway, this friend of the family, she worked at a furniture store in Maple Ridge and, and the lead actor of Millennium came in and bought... Lance a, Hendrickson. Lance Hendrickson came in and bought a house full of furniture there because he had rented a house... Well, I was doing the show, and so we had it had it furnished. Just walked in and just said, "I'll take that, 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 and that." And then they delivered it to the house and put it in. And I guess that's where he lived for three years. Oh, cool! Well, he did the show. Uh, and his wife went, "It's too cold here. It's too wet here. It's too something here." Hmm. And they lived in Maple Ridge, which was a real mistake. Oh boy! If you don't like rain, do not live at the foot that of a mountain. A, that is a mistake. Uh, <laughs> My friend uh, Gail Simone, who is a uh, well-known writer, has a very good story about him uh, when they were on a little tour together. Uh, but I don't know, know the story well enough to tell it. I will try to look it up, <laughs> and I will try to relate it to you next week, because it is a delightful story. Okay. Thank it you. is a delightful story. Thank you for that teaser. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, so Millennium ran three seasons. Okay. 67 episodes in total. That's good. Pretty good. And then... They wrapped it up on the X-Files uh, much later, and uh, it was a dumb ending, and I didn't like it. Oh, it's a dumb idea to wrap it up on a different show as well. Well, though, I mean, the thing was, they, I, th- I believe they ended the first season in a way where, like, all the events were coming to pass, and, like, the world was kind of ending, and all these people were dropping dead of disease, and, like, <laughs> his wife was dying of a disease. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit, you know, oh, things are going. And then when he came back, it was just like, it was just a couple of people. <laughs> it wasn't that bad and then they went back to kind of like the mystery of the week yeah like, yeah huh. and it was that's like, weird still big. But, but no there's something big is happening in the millennium and then on the X-Files uh, you know the millennium comes and goes yeah and just like yeah I guess it was nothing <laughs> the Mill- end millennium faking <laughs> there was nothing to this pointless pointless yeah why well, do you think it's dumb to like have a show like a show that you could possibly put into syndication but the end of the show was on a different show like you have no way to wrap up your own television program it looked like they were trying to do that with a db sweeney show called i want to say stranger things or mr stranger hey that's stranger what a weirdo no, or mr something. lucky isn't it wasn't he lucky in the something show? yeah chance, something. yeah what a chance sir a chance <laughs> by this sir uh hey luck you yeah. or some some such <laughs> yeah. you lucky lucker the best episode of Millennium was one where it was like a series of short stories. Yeah. And uh, it had the guy who was the... Uh, William Macy, but not William H. Macy. had William Macy on it, um, who was the Founder husband. of the Macy State Parade. Yeah. He was the husband on Maud. Oh. So you'd know oh, him. Oh, is that right? Is you, he the person that made William yeah. Macy become William H. Macy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he played a, a demon on it. There was a series of short stories about like... I'm off mic. Things that... Are you off mic? I'm better now. Okay, good. Uh, of things that uh, the lead guy had to deal with. And one of them was all these old demons yeah. who just met at a deli and were like uh, talking over their uh, things that they did. I think that was the premise was it was demons at a deli talking about things and running into this guy. It was a bit of a variation on an old Batman, and I say old Batman by being the Bruce Tim Paul Dini Batman animated series 
where they had an episode called Almost Got Him, which I think was based on a comic that did the same thing, where all of his villains were sitting around a table going like, ah, I almost got him. Let me tell you how I almost got him. And so it's okay. all these short stories about Batman. All right. And then, of course, at the end of that one, uh, one of them, you know, realizes, uh, or you realize, wait a minute, one of us is Batman. And then <laughs> it was Batman. He kicks their asses. But it was like, it was these de- old demons just sitting around. Occasionally, you'd see them as themselves, like as an old man. And then sometimes you see them as withered demons. And there's like, oh, this guy, this son of a bitch. Oh, boy, I tell you. But it's a great episode. I forget the, the title of it, but... If you're going to watch one episode of Millennium, well, you can watch the first one, which is more of a kind of like, ooh. Uh, the, the pig one? The first one uh, takes place at a peep show. The first scene is in a peep mm. show. And, you know, it's trying to be badass. And it is, you know, it's badass. It's fine. All right. There's a couple. Uh, there was one called Blue, I believe, that was also really good, uh, which, I, which I liked because the idea behind that one was the devil uh, captured people. And, uh, and, and, and kept playing that song, uh, Blue. Blue, blue, the world is blue. Do, 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 (laughs) do. And, and driving them crazy. Yeah. And it's like, let you go. All you got to do is just promise me you're not going to do anything extraordinary with your life. That's all. And I'll let you go. (laughs) And it's like all people that were going to do something extraordinary, like, I just want you to just be mediocre. I just want you to live a mediocre life and uh, I'll let you go. And some of them say yes, and some of them say no. Huh. Yeah, but that's what the devil wants, is not for you to achieve your full potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one... I think I only watched one episode of Millennium, and I thought it was too dark and, and dreary. It was one where the, a farmer was feeding murder victims to pigs. That sounds like Millennium. Which I thought was interesting because of the whole Robert Picton thing here and yeah. in the Lower Mainland where this person was murdering prostitutes and feeding them to his animals on his farm. Uh, just so, well, that's weird. Like it's like it was in the air, and they just sort of yeah. picked up on this uh, thing. It's kind of strange. But there you go. I guess this is like a common. Is it a common horror thing? People feeding animals. People. Well, animals? I mean, I they know. do do it in Hannibal as well. Like not well. the TV series, but the movie. That's a big. That's a big point. Okay. It's like that's how they dispose of, uh, you know, people, and it's also how the villain meets their the the villain a villain meets their comeuppance. Hmm. I was wondering if uh, Vince Gilligan did any uh, Millenniums, but as far as I can see here, nope. Good for him. Good for him. He had big dreams. He wanted yes. fame, and he got it. Good for him. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to make the household my way name now down the old mailbag hallway. Oh, the old mailbag hallway. Okay, this is the hallway where we keep. Oh, some nice foley work here. I want to. Oh, yep. <laughs> Sorry, that was Fibber McGee's closet. <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't you talk while I see if I broke anything valuable? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, how about, oh dear, well, I don't know how much I can talk with this uh, infernal racket going okay, on. Dave. But you know what, everyone? Let's just preemptively talk a little bit about how you can contact us while Ian does this. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have a website, it's called sneakydragon.com. If you go there, you'll find this episode, and underneath it, you can leave comments. You can ask, what did Ian break? That's a good comment to ask, I think. That's more of a question, but it's uh, like a comment. There was a Game Gear system. Oh, oh. One of those fell down. Oh, no. There was uh, a PSP. It seems like that's probably okay still. Oh, good, Let me good. just put that over here on a pile. <laughs> okay, let's see. This was the video game cupboard. All right, <laughs> you, I'm going back in. All right, you go back in. I'll just continue on. Uh, if you'd like to contact us via email for that up-close-and-personal touch... 
You can write to SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. We're on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. We have a Facebook page called Sneaky Dragon. And if you go to our website, which is called SneakyDragon.com, as I mentioned before, we have a Contact Us page. You'll find our snail mail address there. You'll find uh, all our all our various addresses there, actually. And you can click on them, and that will take you to where you want to go. So there we go. And it looks like Ian has finished cleaning out the uh, old closet. Yeah. The old It looks closet. like the SNK uh, portable <laughs> system might be okay. Oh, well. good. That's good. I'm glad. So that's got some games on it. Sure. Go. All right. There we go. That's... Uh, I have I have one video game in in the shop. That's what I have. I have an old Mattel uh, football game. Oh. that you, it has a little red dots on it that you run around, Bing. run down the field. No, not not the not magnetic one. one. Not the magnetic one. I did have that one as a kid, though. Oh, cool. That made no sense. That one at all. I still don't understand the red dot one either. But oh, that one's easy because you just. You have like people blocking you, and you just have to go up and then along. So you have to like find a gap oh, okay. in there, and then then you just press the button to go forward, and then someone tackles you at some point. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, How do you do a victory dance? You don't. I guess you could do it yourself, holding it in your hand and I just would, dance I would around hope the room. So. Yeah, you can. You can do a personal one in the game world. You can't because they're just as we said. Red lines. Thank you for filling in uh, the, all the information about how the people contact us. I no problem. That. No problem. Uh, so last week we asked, what's your favorite animated film that is not a Disney film? Also, mm. what is your favorite fictional mystery? Oh, fictional mystery. So uh, Liam was the first person to write us, and so he Liam. wins all the money. Liam, please send us your address. Uh, your bank card, your PIN number, and we will send you that money. Yes, we as will. As soon as you give us all your banking information, we will send that right to you. Uh, please let us know your security questions, yep. Yep. your mother's maiden name, and we will get that money right to you. Right away. We'll send it by the with the Canadian version of Venmo, which everyone knows is Venom. There you are. Uh, so Liam uh, says, for animation, Spirited Away and Coraline. Oh, Coraline's very good. I like Spirited Away. I like Spirited Away as well. Pretty much. It's not my favorite... Uh, one of those, one of the, 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 the Hayao Miyazaki, but I like it. But Mis- I really like Coraline, Coraline a lot. Two interesting choices for mysteries. Very creepy. Very creepy. Okay, interesting. Let's hear. Iron Man three. There it's is a mystery. A, there I guess is, it is a mystery a, yeah. in there for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I would not consider it a mystery. But you are correct. Mm-hmm. Also, Halloween three, season of the witch. I've never seen it. Is that it the is, one with the with the masks? Is the one with the mask that is the one that is nothing to do with Mike Myers. I mean, or the I, shape. If you does it have form. Tom Atkins in it? The actor. What doesn't? <laughs> I don't know. Briefly on the Rockford Files before he left for an acting career in movies. Uh, was uh, we got the? Uh, sorry, I'm going to read the end of your thing first, then I'll mention this. And also, I highly recommend Bad edu- Education if anyone wants to see a good Hugh Jackman movie. Okay, <laughs> that is good to know. Uh, we were we were looking the other day. Speaking of mysteries, yep. Uh, for Brick. Oh yes, it was uh, was on Amazon Prime. Mm, yeah, it was. Oh, it's not anymore. No, um, but it was on the Criterion uh, uh, channel. Okay, so we got the Criterion channel, thinking like, oh, we'll get the Criterion channel, then we'll give up the Criterion channel. Yeah, so we got the Criterion channel. It says it's got Brick. There's a whole uh, film noir series. They got that in the trailer. Ah, oh, there we go. We'll watch it. Uh, no. Oh, didn't have it. Well, uh, not available. Can't get it. So we, I ended up getting it uh, through iTunes. And I did very much enjoy it. But we got the Criterion channel now for a while. So yeah. we're, we're watching things on there. And one of the things we watched was Gene Hackman's Night Moves. Oh, that's a good uh, movie. Which, yeah, was, uh, I enjoyed movie, it. Yeah. Uh, which 
you mentioning Rockford Files, brief uh, uh, speaking role by uh, Dan Dugan. Or is it Dan oh, Dugan? Dennis Dugan. Dennis Dugan. Yeah, yeah, that's go. right. There you go. Who uh, was the director of Happy Gilmore. Hmm. There you are. Uh, yeah, and he played Boy. <laughs> and Melanie Griffith played person who doesn't have clothes on a lot. I'm like that's hmm. how she started her career. Feel uncomfortable. Feel uncomfortable. Feel uncomfortable. It's the seventies. Feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Everything's a little sticky. And it's one of these where you know one of these movies where the handsomest man alive is Gene Hackman. <laughs> the ladies can't get enough. Yep. Gene Hackman. You know, let's be let's be Gene. Hey, let me just say. Hackman. Let me just say right now. Yeah, a reward for good act, good acting. You know, like yeah, it's good acting. Yeah. You know, he's a good actor. Sure. So he's going to get some leading roles. They've got to pretend that he's good looking for him to have leading roles. Sure. You know, so I mean, no one's going like Popeye Doyle, <laughs> and no one's going Lex Luthor, whoa, 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 and like right smack in the middle of that sandwich yeah. is this movie. Yeah, yeah. So okay, different times. Fair enough. Yeah. Different, but, but, different he's, but he's a good guy because he turns down Melanie Griffith even though she's going, ah, ah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, good for her. But just remember, at that time, Warren Beatty looked, was seen as like a beast, like a, just an absolute, you know, foul-looking monster. Was he? Oh, yeah. No one thought he was good-looking at that time. I think this is, uh, <laughs> this is what, as soon as you yeah. make, and look. Yeah. Looks are in the eye of the looker. Yes, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yes, classic saying. Beauty's in the eye of the bumblebee. <laughs> Uh, as they say, yeah, and the honey and the t- tuna game, and that's why they call him Candyman was because he was covered in honey um, and, t- and tuna fish and tuna fish. Yeah, maybe it was covered in tuna fish. We thought, well, who knows? Uh, <laughs> so I'm not. I, I don't want to look sh- shame. Yeah, but there was a period of time where uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman was considered a, a sex symbol. Like you put you put Dustin Hoffman in a movie yeah. with Robert Redford. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, and you're supposed to look at both of them and just go, wow, damn. That hot and and not. Hmm. Hmm. That's but, a- <laughs> but once again, a reward for being a good actor sure. was that he brought something to his roles yeah. that was more than just looks. He brought a dynamic sure, sure, sure. charisma to his. To and his you parts. know what? I've been I've had this discussion with you on the other side where you were like Seth Rogen, and I'm like <laughs> Seth Rogen. It's fine. So what do I know? I'm, yeah. a, I'm a hypocrite. Um, speaking of people who, it's don't, okay to puzzle over things. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who didn't find Seth Rogen attractive, Lisa uh, writes us <laughs> and says, Animation. When I was little, I loved a film called Gay Paris, which I've never seen, but I've seen the poster so many times. I have never even heard of this movie. Which had as its main character a beautiful cat called Musette. I loved her so much, I named my first cat after her. For the last 20 years or so, I would have to say Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm. Love that film. Yeah, I don't right. know, Kiki. It's a bad idea, <laughs> Kiki. I love the painterly style. I love the independence of the main character mm-hmm. and the growth she goes through on her journey. More recently, I have uh, really liked a film I, we saw called My High School is Sinking into the Sea, yeah, which was good. weird and funny. And, and for some reason, it really captured my imagination. Yeah, that was a fun film where I read about this movie. Yeah. And then I went, oh, I wonder where it's playing. Looked it up. It was playing it down in Bellingham that night. I said to Lisa, hey, we should go down and see this movie. And of course, she's like, yeah. So we went down and we saw it. And it was just great. It's by Dash Shaw, who's a cartoonist. He's a comic book artist. Okay. And he just he has a new one out, which I haven't seen yet, called Crypto Zoo, 
which I really want to see. Oh. It was playing in as part of the uh, TIFF here, or not TIFF, IF here at Vancouver International Film Festival. But unfortunately, I just couldn't get get it together to see it. So I'm hoping it'll show up in the Rio or something. Okay. Because I do want to see it a lot. Because I can't just... go down to, it's playing down in Bellingham, but I can't go down there. That's the thing. So my high school Boom. is sinking into the sea. Was very good. It had a a 2016. Yeah, it has has um that that guy that actor in it that we that we all we all like who's like in Jason Ra- Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman's in it. Reggie yeah. Watts, Maya Rudolph, Lena Dunham, Susan Sarandon. Yep. Uh, Thomas J. Ryan. Uh, Why did he say yuck to uh, Susan Sarandon? Uh, uh, you know, because of things. Oh, okay. Things. Um, and you know, politics and such things. Mm. Uh, Thomas J. Ryan and John Cameron Mitchell. Yeah, it's a very good film. Yeah, it's a very it was very basic animation. It was done by it was done by an independent creator. Really, just completely independently. That film it was independently financed and done on the cheap. And you know, but uh, it's very good. Very good movie. I uh, recommend it. I recommend it. It was on Amazon Prime. A while oh, ago. cool. Yeah. Uh, Edward Dragansky responds. I remember Gay Paris. One of our stations in Dallas would play. It did play on TV quite a bit. I never saw this movie. I never heard of it. Why do I want to say it's like in some way connected with Chuck Jones? Am, oh. I, get, am I getting that right? Mm. Oh, I got to Now I got to see this. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Gay Paris. Gay Paris. Yeah, Gay Paris. It makes me want to look things up. Yeah, Chuck Jones. Written by uh, Chuck Jones and uh, and Dorothy Jones. Is it the anima- not directed by him? Okay. Though. Okay. Is it animated? Uh, is it the animated version of Moulin Rouge? That's my question. Uh, yes. I'm not seeing answer. Moulin. Yes. But it did star Judy Garland. Had Robert Goulet, mm. Red Buttons, okay. Paul Frees, and Mel Blanc. Of course, it had two superstar two yeah. voice actors. Wow. You've sold me on this. Why haven't I seen this? Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. And it's from uh, it's from 1962. Uh, very positive reviews. Box office bomb. Oh. Kaboom. Not a Disney film. The second of two animated films by UPA. Wow. Yeah. Well, who did like a lot of shorts? They did Gerald McBoing Boing yeah. and things like that and Mr. Magoo. Well, that's surprising they couldn't make it. F- I guess they didn't have the distribution. That's a problem for Yeah, later for it got studios. released on VHS in 1991. Mm. So people started seeing it uh, that way. But that is interesting. Okay. Well, let's check out that movie at we'll some point. Put it on our must-watch list. All right. Uh, Louise wrote, Sorry, I can't narrow it down to just one non-Disney movie. Oh, wait, well, well, we about said it. you had to. <laughs> Louise, <laughs> one simple thing. Just skip the whole letter. Yeah, forget it. Moving on. Okay, no. Uh, so her choices are Ardman film. Okay. Chicken Run, The Pirates, yep. Band of Misfits, wow. and The Wallace and Gromit. I never heard Charm- of that, Band of Misfits. Oh, no, no. It's uh, The Pirates, Band of Misfits. Oh, okay. I have not seen The Pirates one. Yeah, it's good. And The Wallace and Gromit and Sean the Sheep, sorry, Sean the Sheep movies. <laughs> uh, Leica. Uh, films Paranorman, good, yeah. Kudo and the Two Strings, Not seen that's it. been good. And the Box Trolls, never saw it. Never saw it. Either. Coraline is good too, but so dark and creepy. I, I love Coraline. That's good because film. it's dark and creepy. It's very, it's very good. So when the girls love that your movie. Eyeballs. The girls, so when the things in your eyeball. The girls still love that movie. Oh yeah, DreamWorks. Okay, Shrek. Mm-hmm. There you go. Pretty good. Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon. I like How to Change Your Dragon. I think that's a good movie. There's a lot of sweetness to that. When mm-hmm. we saw that, it reminded us of our cat. I was like, oh. <laughs> I also have a hard time doing anything creative in the morning, which I have trouble yeah. doing creative yeah. things in the morning. It may have to do with uh, cortisol levels, which are normally highest in the morning to give your body a jump start of stress. <laughs> it usually takes until noon for me to relax enough to get work. 
Uh, so I give myself permission to putter around until then. Mm. That's probably really good. Uh, now, so as to mysteries, Dave, because I know you're asking, well, what mysteries is Louise like? Yeah. My favorite mystery is the 1989 Agatha Christie, Christie classic, and then there were... 1989, you said? 39. Okay. I probably said 89, and my mouth was wrong. What's wrong with my <laughs> mouth? It's a mouth mystery. <laughs> and then there were none. Yeah. Also published under the less politically correct title, Ten Little Indians. Also published on an even less correct title. Uh, I just found out the original UK title is even more racist. Just what I said, Louise. <laughs> but appallingly, it was still used in editions up to 1977. Sorry, by the way, for jumping on your punchline there. I should have read ahead in the letter. I didn't. I tried to say the thing that I knew, and you said it after me. I feel bad. I should pre-read these. What a, what a know-it-all. According to Wikipedia, it's the best-selling mystery and one of the best-selling books of all time. As a teen reader, oh, I love that cartoon as a kid. Teen mm, reader? Teen reader, yeah. A uh, kid would turn into a book when uh, <laughs> they got excited. I could uh, not figure out who'd yeah. done it. Since then, other novelists and screenwriters have used similar plot devices, and maybe if I had read it for the first time now, I might have been able to solve the mystery. But I'll never know. I feel like Christy, Agatha Christie cheats in her books with her mysteries. Uh, Edward Dragansky is upset that uh, she got to Shrek before him. No. But saying that one was a game changer. Still a family favorite. Is, well, it, is it a game unfor- changer? Unfortunately, Edward, somebody got to it before you... Anyway. <laughs> now, our, our friends... Are you going to do a show called The Great Mouth Detective? No, I'm going to call it The Great Mouth Defective. <laughs> I don't Come talk on, good. Share. You can't... You can't pay for that kind of entertainment, everyone. No, no one will we pay give, for it. So we give how would it they? to you for free. We did a lot of VR before this, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Our brains That's are not right. right. A lot of VF. Virtually funny. The third dragon, uh-huh. Nina Matsumoto, yeah. otherwise known as Space Coyote, writes, <laughs> I think, oh, now here was, this was the thing. Uh, I was uh, I was saying how um, one of my trigger uh, things is... Uh, I don't know what uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. There you go. That was my trigger thing. Thanks for respecting it. <laughs> uh, as in, like people, you know, people kind of gaslighting. Yeah. And so uh, we had a little back and forth. We've, uh, you know, we, there was no peace to be made. But if there was any to be made, we had made it. <laughs> uh, says she says. I think my trigger phrase is maybe you dreamt it. Because that's what a family member would say when they didn't remember something that happened that I was trying to explain. It was so dismissive and condescending. I know when something happened in a dream and something happened in reality. And I'm aware people aren't serious when they say it to me today. But it still irks me. Hmm. Well, now that I know that. You now have a weapon. A weapon. To use against our friend. <laughs> and that's the important thing. That's the important thing. Just load weapons, them up. Weapons against your friends. Load them up. Get those personal stories. No, I meant now that I know that, I won't say that to her. No, that's, that's, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, boy, howdy, you know? Oof. Um, that, was, <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite uh, Matt Groening Life in Hells is, you know, uh, telling stories about things his family did to him. And at the end, you know, it's uh, it's the family all together. Like, I don't remember that at all. Mm-hmm. No, me neither. There's nothing. Like, yep, that's I mean, true. They're not doing it. I mean, the, the, I, personally, I don't think people are doing that to gaslight you. I think people remember different aspects of their lives. And some things that are really important to you and stick in your mind are totally unimportant to other members of the family. Mm-hmm. And also, your personality will 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 control how you what you remember. So, some people yeah. who are more depressed 
will remember the darker moments of their life more clearly than they'll remember the happier moments. And vice versa, people who are naturally complacent and have a, have a happy-go-lucky outlook on life will remember the happier moments more clearly than they'll remember the bad things because their minds sort of naturally filter those things out because they're just happy-go-lucky people. And so, you know, like, you can't remember everything that happens to you. And so, you know, you just your brain filters out what to remember, what not to remember. That's just how it works. And I get that the good old hippocampus. Yeah, I get that uh, people also have their own narrative sometimes mm-hmm, of sure. their life. Sure. And you know, and and they will then go with like, a, you know, I never stole a car or something. And it's like <laughs> I remember you stealing a car, uh, but something that doesn't fit into how they think of things now yeah. and how they think of themselves. Yeah. But I think like. It's one of those where, like, I really wanted to, and it was not enough time to, or, you know, it, we were, again, we were in a therapist's office, the story that I was telling for, yeah, yeah. of, like, you know, talking about how, you know, my dad was abusive, and, and just had this energy of, like, threat and menace that was always there, and if you made, like, broke something, or some sound was made, you would come storming down the stairs, and throw mm-hmm. stuff, and things would be broken, and you'd yeah. hit you, and do this kind of thing. I really wanted to, like, just turn to her and just go, so... Why were you scared of dad? Or were you never scared of dad? Yeah. You know, so you were always relaxed around him. You don't remember any of that. You know, it was always like, good times, good times. Very calm. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, how there's a bit of me too, bless, you know, where I just go like, there's there's parts of all of our personality that I can tell were shaped for the environment we grew up in. Yeah. And just like, so what do you... Why are you like this? Or what do you feel like? Because I can clearly see that this was a reaction to this. And mm-hmm. that's why... But yeah, you can't do it. It's just it can work that way too. I mean, my brothers who played sports had a, a different relationship with my parents than I did. Yeah, a much more congenial relationship because I rejected that, and that was a rejection of my parents because they love sports. Right. You know. I guess like and I, I didn't were... do it to reject no, them. No, I hear this. Yeah. Uh, like I, I've got clear memories of my dad coming downstairs and hitting my sister and me. Mm. Like and you know and in in anger. Yeah. And just like slapping us. Uh, because we were too loud or something like that or like we woke we woke him up when he was on the couch and he'd just start kicking our stuff around and then yeah there was always the threat of the hand coming up to to hit us and i'm like you don't remember any of that huh because i know that happened and it's there's a little something that's creepy to me about that then too it's just like you don't remember that you were like hit as a child like that that was a thing that happened repeatedly yeah huh like you've 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 cleared that, and I think it's a yeah. bit of a different situation. I, I get what you're saying here, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, but I don't think they're doing it to get you. No, I'm but saying, isn't it, it, it? But the it's not it's not purposely to get me, and I don't yeah. think that it's an. Okay, here's the one thing about like not to get me. Yeah. But like, do you think I'm making this up? That's that's the thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What do you think the scenario is here? Is that you don't remember it, mm-hmm. or I? Or what I think you're projecting on me, which is I have false memories mm. that I believe you're saying, if I'm taking my sister right, yeah. that I'm, I did this for attention. I just made this stuff up. Okay. I'm making this stuff up in front of a therapist now to get some attention and get some focus mm. over to yeah. me. Yeah. What is your scenario that like when I say sure. I got hit by my dad, uh, what's your scenario here that you know I never saw any of that? Mm-hmm. When you say that, yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what are you saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, I should go like, you know what? You're right. Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe as Nina says, <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> they, I don't think they, I don't, they didn't go there. But yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, I'm sure if my brothers and I sat down and talked about our childhood together, we would all have vastly different ideas of what it was like. You know, 
and how our parents treated us and things like that. If you saw, okay, if you saw your brother get basically beaten by one of your parents. Yeah, which I did. Okay. And then they become a parent mm-hmm. and, and they say to you at some point, you know, it was, it was, it was nice that, you know, we never had anything like that with, uh, <laughs> you know, our folks. Mm-hmm. There'd be a bit of me that would just go like, that doesn't feel super safe to me. They, like you don't remember that you were hit mm-hmm. and now you're raising kids. Cause yeah. the way this goes is it's something inside of you that's going to, at some point you got traumatized, whether you mm-hmm. remember it or not, mm-hmm. something's going to come up at some point. Mm, that seems that seems dangerous. Yeah, you know, in the same way that if someone was molested and then they don't remember it, and now look, this yeah. is how this goes. Uh, yeah, I wonder why. Like my dad was scary to us, and I wonder why you would want that. You know, mm-hmm. like he didn't really hit us. He hit my brother one time that I remember. I hit both my brothers once that I remember. Did he ever hit you? It's not my business. But I don't. I. Think, I think so, but I don't remember. That's cle- the thing. You might have forgotten. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember clearly like that kind of stuff. So uh, I do remember, my bro- like I remember one time my brother talking with my friend and I at the table. And it was just one of those moments where he must have been so excited because it was like this time where we were all happily talking together. And he was like talking and joking around with his older brother who wasn't like making fun of him and it's, it, you know, pushing him away or whatever. And so he knew he had to mow the lawn. My dad had asked him to do that. But he was so happy in this moment of talking with us at the table in a way that we were just like being all equals. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like condescending to him or anything like that, which I might, might have done because I was the older brother. And um, my dad came in and he was, in a, out, he was outraged that my brother was still sitting at the table and he literally like dragged him out of the chair and hit him and dragged him outside and got, you know, go and mow the lawn, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I was so upset because I'm like... You know, I was like angry at my dad for doing this. And but my dad was, you know, he's just gonna turn on you. So of course, how angry can you yeah, get, right? And you're gonna make the situation worse. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, like, of all the people in the house, my my brother was the only one who liked mowing the lawn. Like he did it voluntarily. I would never do that. I hated doing that. Yeah. You know, and so that wasn't my chore. That was his chore to do. I had different chores. And so but it just felt so unfair, you know, in that moment. Like, it's not like he wasn't going to do it. He just didn't want to do it at that moment. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't... And, it, I, always, and I always hated that. And I still remember it so sure, vividly. Sure, sure. And it wasn't, obviously, like, again, I can't say I can analyze your dad because I don't know him. Yeah. But, like, just in general, it wasn't about the mowing the lawn. Like, that's no, it never... was something else. It was about disobedience. And also... My, something. My dad was also a weekend drinker. Sure. And that changed his mood from... Yeah. From his usual kind of slightly sour 50s dad to to like out you know ogre sometimes yeah, and you, you don't know? know what thoughts were going in his head yeah yeah before and that was the yeah. thing again this is what you get when you're in an abusive family mm-hmm. like is is the randomness so you never feel safe yeah you know just like i don't know what mood he's going to wake up in yeah i don't know if like i wake him up you know by just walking by or i get too much cheese and then he's going <laughs> to lose his mind yeah over over this but i i don't think i grew up in an abusive family because that to me is a very rare thing like my dad lost his temper right you know that wasn't a usual thing that wasn't something he did all the time my mom was more likely to spank us my dad never spanked us growing up okay well i'm gonna okay i'm gonna again i'm not a fucking therapist (laughs) but from what you've said to me about your mother and the stories you've told on here sure i don't know what you would qualify as an abusive family Oh, well, I think, I, of think... Phys- I think physical abuse, of, yeah, it's different. Like, yeah, you're right. There's obviously, it could be mental abuse and stuff like that, which is totally different. And maybe I, thinking about it, I would say, yeah, there was that element to growing up. Okay, and... how about this? If, if, if 
someone was to convince you, uh, say a therapist or some such, mm-hmm. that you were in an abusive family, yeah, how would that make you feel? Like just to think, could could you could you handle that idea that just like, or is that that just seems ridiculous? Of course it wasn't. We're fine. No, because well, the problem is, I think because I because I'm I still love my mom and dad. You can, you, they raised me. You, you know? love so people I love, in an abusive family. I love I lo- my dad. I love them, right? Yeah. So it's hard for me to accept that aspect of them. I still, to me, to this day, I know Lisa constantly is like, "Oh, your mom is this, your mom is that," and I'm just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But yeah. inside my head, I'm like, "But she's my mom, so I can't totally agree with. I can't go down that road that far with you." Sure. You know, like I don't want to argue about it, but I'm just inside, inside my head. I'm like, you know, do you think you can? Still, my mom loved me. Do you think you can love an abuser? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But, okay. But that would be, you'd have to admit that, you know, like you have to go down that road. And I just don't want to go down that road. Okay. So uh, I don't want to, like, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm talking about it right now. My dad, you know, lost his temper and stuff when we were growing up. But I don't feel like it was, we didn't live in a constant, well, I don't want to say that. Because when my dad came home from work, that was a very nervous time for us. And not for me, because I, I didn't do anything that would make my dad mad. But my youngest brother who loved playing with, like, making things and playing with tools and taking things apart, yeah. was always in my dad's tools and might forget to put a tool back or might have put them out of order, which also was outrageous to my dad. Right. That you would, like, change the order of how the tools the were arranged. The kids, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. And so, but to me, like, looking back on it now, like, wh- why would you want your arrival home to be dreaded? You know, like... You don't want, you don't want that. That's not what that's. I know that's the thing, but that's what you got. Yeah, you know that's what you got from your behavior. Like yeah. the garage door opening and my dad driving in was a moment of like us at the table, like breathing in, like oh, what's he gonna do? Okay, now he's out I there. Was, I was kind of very quiet. He's sorry looking. to be in the middle of like Nina's letter while we're getting <laughs> yeah, into yeah. this. I always wonder with with a situation like that. It's like yeah, at what age is the first time that you would hit a kid? Like at what age? Of course, you're not gonna hit a baby. No, you're not gonna hit because they don't. They don't have. They don't have. They're not willful yet. Well, so. it's 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 almost like I mean, it's it's dark to hit a kid. Period. Mm-hmm. But like, it's 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 not something you, you you. It's a much darker thing to like hurt a baby. Of course, like mm-hmm. that's just so horrific. Yeah. You know, that's called the police. Yeah. But like, okay, one year old would you know they're doing that's still a baby. Do you do you smack two? Do you smack them when they're five? You know, you're kind of. But like you know, and he's and and they. And it's not because they're doing something wrong as in it's a hot stove, I'm going to slap your hand, yeah. and you're not going to touch the hot stove, but I'm in a bad mood, and you're yeah, pissing me totally off. Yeah, that's totally different. Yeah. That's, when, that's a never. You never hit a baby oh, I, for no, that reason. I understand that, but but clearly people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if you're someone How like... How they rationalize If it? you're someone like your dad or my dad, mm-hmm. uh, what is the age that you think, yeah, it's okay to grab the kid and drag the kid, or, or slap a kid? Sure. What is the age that you're like, well, and is it the age that you got slapped or dragged? I guess. And I'm going to guess it's probably that. I'm going to guess whatever age you remember your dad hitting you, mm-hmm. that's the age that you just go to. It snaps to yeah. it. There's a link that's in your head, and then you do it. And then probably afterwards you regret the fuck out of it, but mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. Because no, because you're too proud. Yeah, to, what are to, you going like, to do? You can't apologize as a parent. The only time kids. my dad's ever apologized to me was when he called me stupid. Yeah. No, my my parents, yeah, no. I mean, my dad. Because there's mean, also a thing too when yeah. it's when it's happened, mm. it then has to not have happened. Yeah. So you can't apologize because then you will bring up that it's happened. So you know, it just it just occurred, and then 
uh, often later on it didn't happen to the family you know we don't bring that up we don't say things and then my mom at a, a dinner thing goes we never believed in corporal punishment which is okay <laughs> then i was in a fight <laughs> that i didn't know i was that i was in yeah like grow, growing up i i didn't get in trouble like i didn't get in trouble at school okay too much i mean i got in trouble sometimes for being late i did i did that for a while because i was outraged that i was missing cartoons <laughs> And I would always be late for school. Eventually, I had, that you know, is an outrage. I agree yeah, with that. it was terrible. And eventually, I just had to get used to the idea that I have to leave at this time, and I'm going to miss the last cartoon. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but after you know, after spending some time in detention. But you know, other than that, I was good. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't smoke or drink or get into trouble. I didn't, I didn't uh, steal the car, and I didn't do things. You know, and but I was the worst kid in the house growing up. Like I was the biggest trouble in the house. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom like getting really mad at me. Probably in grade eight, my mom got really mad at me because my report card was so disappointing. Okay. And she was just like, that "Sounds familiar." And it was like, a, it was not like, and it was like, I guess it was the final straw, or whatever, you know. And she was just like, it was like a forty-five minute harangue that I had to sit through. And of course, I was crying because it was just like endless, you know. And you're just, you feel bad, you know. Intent, you know. No. The fact that school is so boring and yeah. awful isn't, you know, like you can't explain that to her dad. You can't be like, well, you know, I don't want to be there, like. I don't enjoy it. I just, I don't. It, I think you're 13 at that point. Yeah. Your eighth grade. Yeah. Now just picture you're a 13 year old boy. There's a 13 year old boy <laughs> yeah. who's in front of you who's getting yelled at for 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous, right? Isn't that it just is. fucking ridiculous? And my dad thought so too because he came over and he hugged me, you know, and just to come for me because I was obviously so distressed about this, you know, and he just couldn't help himself. And he wasn't an affectionate person like that. He just was not. He was a 50s dad, as I you're said. Right. You know, that's not something you did with your kids. And the only other time he hugged me was when he discovered I had cancer. You know, like that, those were the two times he hugged me. That time when I was obviously so upset. And then the time that we discovered, and I wasn't that upset when I discovered I had cancer. Because I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to get fine. It's fine, everyone. Like, well, I'm going to get cured. Don't worry. We're good. It's all fine. It's all fine. It's called denial, everyone. But anyway, uh, you know, my dad was upset and came over and hugged me, you know, to say that he loved me. And so, you know, so I know that he loved me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why he wanted, why he had this other idea of how you be a dad. I guess that's what he got from his dad. Because his dad yeah, was a... That's 100%. We got all the stories of my dad, of his dad, you know, stabbing my uncle in the hand with a fork and things like that, you know. Which are like absolutely crazy levels of abuse to me. Like, And the fact that they talked about it in a jokey way, I think is like part of like yeah. the family trauma of like, let's just keep this down, everybody. I just feel like it's things don't stop until they stop. Mm-hmm. And you made a conscious decision with your family to stop yeah, it. I, I, that was a conscious decision. For sure. And I feel, I can't state this for certain, and the girls might tell you different, but I, I feel that when I come home, or when the girls come home, it's a happy moment for them. It's not, they don't come in the house and go, oh God, or dad's home, oh my God, what's going to happen now? Right. Is he, he's going to be out in the garage for a while, and he's going to look at where the hammers are, and check all the wrenches, and now he's going to come in the house and be so mad that one of the wrenches was upside down, or, or, or Cam left it on his car instead yeah. of putting it away. And, and yeah, it, you know, like... I, who I just don't understand. Like, why, why you think that's a good thing? Like, as a parent, why, it's not a logical thing. It's it's not. I mean, it's part of it's upbringing. It's something and stuff wired like that. into you, and it's as we we're and also of its time. I know, and know. I know it's a new ter- it's a new term that we use, but triggers. Yeah, you know, triggers yeah. are things that yeah. you know you don't logically think about, but you hear it, and it's immediately mm. it hits you in a way that you're like, oh, I remember yeah. this, and oof. And yeah, and you you made a choice. You made a conscious choice. And if you didn't make that conscious choice, you'd just be going on instinct. And your instincts are probably going to reflect what you have, you know, uh, had in your past before. 
Yeah. I often wonder if my dad was disappointed in me, probably a lot. Like when we were kids, he loved to roughhouse with us. You know, he'd come mm -hmm. home from work and he'd play fight with us and things like that, which, which we loved. It was also kind of like ouchy because my dad didn't know how strong he was compared to his, his little boys. But it was still great that our dad was like having fun with us and playing sure. and stuff like that. And even even sometimes bad attention is good attention too. And, but he didn't mean right. He no, was no. just having fun Understood. with us. Understood. Even though you know, it hurts a little bit, yeah, it's still you know, it's still attention. Carrying us on its back. And, it's you what know. you crave more than anything. Oh yeah, and you know, and he I would, he, would, he would have showers with us and sing yeah. songs and stuff. And then at some point, he became very disappointed. And there was like a cutoff point, you know, yeah, which children should never have to have. Like, you know, that moment of like, oh, dad is not that into us anymore or yeah. not into me anyway. Like, I don't play baseball or soccer and stuff. So now I'm I'm alone in this situation and uh, to a degree, there's still some affection, sure, but not what we had before, you know. And yeah, that's that was when I think about that, I just it's just amazing to me that you wouldn't want to be with your kids no matter what where they are in their life. You know, like kids aren't going to agree with you ever, you know, or not always, you know, like Mary and I, we disagree all the time. Mary's always like, dad, this is what it's like. <laughs> yeah, you had, a, you had a podcast based on that. <laughs> that's right. Here's the reality, dad. Is it? Oh, okay. That's fine. You know, like, and I think that's great. I, you know, like, I, I just don't understand that. Like a way you wouldn't want to be like proud of your kids for whatever they are. Yeah. I, again, you're going into it with logic <laughs> and it's not, lo it's not logic. You're right. You're right. It's, it's an electrical it's so charge. Weird. It's going down a wire that goes through generations. <laughs> and unless you put a stop to it, it yeah. the charge is going to keep going. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. Right. I, I bet you, he had that distance with his father at the same age mm -hmm. that, sure. you know, you guys had. had well, I, I don't know. I don't know how, like, I think the family, Oh no. For sure. I mean, you don't move to the United States because you love your family. Like you're, you're, you know what I mean? Like there's a reason you just like leave the country, mm -hmm. you know, and there's some reasons for it, but there's other reasons that you're not just talking about, you know? Yeah. And same with my mom. There's a reason that she moved out of her parents' house yep. and went to the United States. There's a reason my mom's on the other side of the country yeah. <laughs> than where she grew up. Yeah. As yeah. far as possible in yeah. the second largest country in yeah. the world. Yeah. And I mean, there's also the, the trauma... Thing where you move back to that trauma you know and both of them you know had trouble handling being new parents and they needed to move back and be closer to their parents again even though that wasn't ideal to them yeah you know but they still felt this is you know what we're dealing with is so difficult that at least let's go back and deal with our parents <laughs> and yeah my mom's reaction to her mom's death was a lot different than her reaction to her dad's death and that was maybe timing too her dad died when I was six, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, that's very young. You haven't lived, you know, when my grandma died, she was almost 99 or she was 99, almost 100. And that, you know, by that point, you're just kind of like, let's get this over with because this is dragging out and she's no longer who she was. She can't remember yeah, anything. That I think is a big thing is like, yeah. are you who you were? Yeah, yeah. Or are you who you are? Yeah. Yeah. Not even who you were because no one's who they were. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, same thing with my And grandma. so by that time, yeah, by the time it ends, you're just like, oh, it's a blessed release. From, from everything she was going through. Whereas when my grandpa died, you know, he was like in the prime of his life and still, you know, having lots of fun and ready to feed beer to his grandson anytime. Anytime, you know. Yeah. And uh, then just like that, gone, right? So that's very dis that's very distressing. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I, should, I should ask my mom about that. I don't know if she want to talk about it. But yeah, knows? it's tough. It's a tough one. <laughs>
You gotta get her at the right time. How did that change you? Do you feel like it changed you as a parent, as a person? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe she, maybe it would help her to talk about it. Who knows? Yeah, I'll I'll report in if I ask her. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Tell her you're doing a podcast about it. Do you want to do a podcast with me? You say. <laughs> Sorry, we went down this serious road, everyone. We were just talking about Nina later. Fine. <laughs> I blame Nina though. <laughs> That's right, Nina. Thanks a lot. All right, uh, but here's the thing, Dave. That you got. No, you didn't get anything wrong, <laughs> David. I'm back to being Nina right now. Yes. Third dragon. Third dragon. David, those long ropes you whip in the gym are called <laughs> battle ropes, and they're uh, very heavy. I it know. takes a lot of upper body strength and stamina to keep the momentum when whipping them, mm-hmm. and they quickly tire out your arms. They're a lot harder to use than they look, and definitely not good for rope skipping. <laughs> Great workout for your arms, though. I imagine. Yeah, I've tried them. I'd call them whippets. That's what I'd call them. Oh, there you go. Whippy dingoes Whip- is what I'd call them. <laughs> Whippity doos. Whippets good. No, I call them whippity doos. Is what I call sure, them. yeah, whippity doos. Perfect name. Battle from battle ropes to whippity doos. I somehow see them sliding down and it's the scale of importance. Because whippets are something you could do, and like you know, you're doing whippets with yeah. you know, and you don't want that. Uh, her favorite animated film has never been a Disney or Ghibli uh, because I'm not a huge fan of those studios. Mm. Shocking! Wow. My favorite since its release uh, in 2001 has been. Millennium actress, and I'm going to say this name wrong, Satoshi Khan. Mm, I lent David my DVD last year, and Mm -hmm. hey, David, have you watched it yet? (laughs) Focus on David. Have you watched it yet? I have not. I need to watch that. Sorry. Uh, To be fair to me, Nina did give (laughs) it to me. By the way, that would be a great podcast title. That's it. To be fair to me with David (laughs) Dedrick. To be fair to me, (laughs) Nina gave me that in the midst of a coloring uh, thing, so I just didn't have like a lot of time to devote to stuff and and i did try to watch it and i got and i fell asleep because i was super tired not because it was boring because we saw is it called the three godfathers okay yeah you saw that at uh rio the rio that was the Which last is, film you saw before the that's uh, right plague hit that's right and that was a satoshi Kon film and so and i thought that was an excellent excellent movie like a great if you haven't seen it everyone it's a great christmas film by the way and i really enjoyed that a lot and so i do really want to see that movie and i will watch it and thank you for reminding me that I have your DVD and I will watch it so I can get it back to you. And I am trying to hunt it down online. <laughs> uh, Edward Dragansky responds, uh, My mom pulls the Maybe You Dreamt It card on me to this very day, hmm. putting the onus on me instead of her. You're right, it's annoying as hell. And unfair. And totally unfair. Chris Roberts writes, Fleischer Studios were a serious rival to Disney in the early years and might have gone on to greater things if the two brothers who ran the studio hadn't fallen out big time in the 30s. Some of their output Do you know why they fell fell out? No, I don't. Why is that? I don't know either. Chris, do you know why they fell out? Yeah, Chris, why why they fall out? We'll wait for your answer. Don't just put those in there and then leave it hanging. Just wait. Waiting for the answer. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I should just keep reading the. You letter. should probably keep reading. I don't yeah, think we're probably. gonna get a. I shouldn't. Answer. I shouldn't wait in real time because no. this episode won't come out <laughs> for a couple of days. That's true. We'll be waiting here a okay, long time. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. This, is, this is a classic, classic mistake I make. <laughs> if you look at our earlier episodes, where they're like three up, three hour, three days long. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's the thing with that's silence why. and it going. <laughs> a lot of feet shuffling. Some of their output hasn't stood the test of time. Well, I'm looking at you, Bimbo and Betty Boop. Some of them. I like them. Some and then some and then some. I haven't seen them all, some. but I. Some and then some. I love the, I love the, I love the initiation one. Yeah, back when uh, Betty Boop was a dog. Is that one? No. She's a dog, yeah. She's a dog one. in that one? Yes, yeah, oh, she fun. is. Yeah. So that also features Bimbo. Got, as well. the, dog, uh, got the dog ears. Right. Cool. Uh, which means it's okay if they uh, do it because they're both dogs. So it's okay. Uh, yeah. 
But others, like the early Popeye and Superman series, retain a lot of charm. They're a lot of fun. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, as a child, I loved their 1939 feature Gulliver's Travels, which was a combination of beautiful hand-drawn animation and rotoscope, mm-hmm. which I believe uh, Max Fleischer invented. Do you, do you, Could be. Any, I mean, they do use some rotoscoping in Snow White as well. Do you so. know what I'm going to say? Wow. I'm going to say we're going to. I'm going to do a plug for a for a secondary podcast. Secondary here. podcast. It's not our podcast. Not our podcast at all. But uh, our friend Bob Mackey, uh, you know, who is the husband of the third dragon, mm-hmm. um, is uh, does a uh, a series called What a Cartoon. Yep. And they cover a lot of stuff like uh, animation from history and modern stuff. Yep. This is the kind of thing you would learn about on their podcast and they do a very deep dive mm-hmm. and uh, with his partner Henry whose last name I don't remember but believe me Henry, he's got one Henry Gilbert is that right I think so okay that's not just because you're a big uh, Anne Green Gables fan <laughs> is that his name Henry Gilbert well Gilbert Gilbert Henry Sure, why not? Uh-huh. I agree with the sneakers who have already praised Ardman and, Gi- and Ghibli. Actually, one of them said uh, Ghibli was not their favorite at all. I'm also a big fan <laughs> of Isaiah uh, Takahata. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Who was amazingly versatile and never seemed to use the same style twice. Mm-hmm. My neighbors, the Yamadas, is a family favorite here. More recently, I love the Ghibli co-production, The Red Turtle. Oh, I've never heard of that. Uh, as for mysteries, uh, I've recently read a couple of novels by Dorothy B. Hughes. In a Lonely Place, which is probably your best-known work, thanks mm-hmm. to the Bogart movie, and that. The Expendable Man, which is even better, though hard to describe without spoilers. Her writing doesn't snap and fizz like Chandler or Hammett, but she's wonderful at evoking character and place and building suspense. And what is a letter without a response from Edward Dragansky? <laughs> the Fleischer animation was beautiful. I actually preferred seeing Superman animated over the George Reeves 1950s live-action version. Well, I agree with that, because mm-hmm. the animated version, he's punching a laser. He punches a laser. Yeah, that's great. Pretty great. Buildings falling down? Boop. I, was showing a, I was showing a friend at work those, uh, those cartoons. He was very impressed by them. Yeah. Just for the time period and, and the look of them. Because I was just talk, we were, he, He's a big fan of Batman, and he loves the Bruce Timm was he uh, not familiar with the Fleischer? He didn't know about the Superman. Oh my! So stars. I was just saying, I was saying, there's a big, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a big, you know, obviously they're the one is influenced by the other, and I just wanted him to see it, just to see the influence. It's weird because the uh, Tim, um, the Tim uh, Dini Superman, yeah, looks less like the Fleischer Superman. It does look like it's definitely of the same world, mm-hmm. but it looks less like the Fleischer Superman than the uh, Batman animated series looks like okay. the Fleischer Superman. Okay, interesting. Um, I guess they didn't want to be have their influences. Too much on their sleeve. I can only imagine how wonderful it would have been to see that for the first time in the 40s being a Superman fan. And how. Yeah. Well, come on. You had this. You had the uh, radio show. That's right. Which invented uh, Kryptonite. Oh. Which I believe invent. Okay. Either invented Perry White or Jimmy Olsen. I believe probably Perry White. I think. Was it Perry White? Maybe both of them. Uh, I'm not sure. Did it not have him working at a, a newspaper for the, for the newspaper strip? Yeah, but I don't think they... Na- okay. Perry White was a different character than the original. Okay. When Superman started, he worked for the Daily Star. Okay. And his boss was George something. Jetson? Yes, George Jetson. <laughs> but I believe either Perry White or Jimmy Olsen uh, started on the radio show. Definitely Kryptonite started on oh, the radio sure. show. Cool. And Jimmy Olsen, as you know, uh, was killed in Batman v Superman by... Uh, Zack Snyder, who stupid. went, let's shoot him in the face in the first scene. <laughs> and not identify who he is. Blam! I didn't, I didn't know who he was. I watched the movie. I had no idea who got killed. Mm. 
I said, it wasn't until you told me that Jimmy Olsen got killed. I was like, he did? Uh, I, I didn't know it until I watched the credits and was like, hey, that's Jimmy Olsen. But that Jimmy Olsen got shot in the face. <laughs> Throw my hands up, walk out of room. Again, my favorite uh, Zack Snyder Superman character remains German Kryptonian. <laughs> so we will do this with the... Where'd that guy come from? Where's, where's Kryptonian Germany? <laughs> I'd like to know. Um, oh, Edward, I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Chris, for those recommendations on Dorothy B. Hughes, I will definitely, definitely check them out. I'm a little sad that I got this now because I was on the island a couple of weeks ago with Lisa and I was in one of those bookstores that is like the perfect kind of place to find those books. Ah. You know, they have like a huge mystery selection because they're one of those kind of like take it out and then trade it back in bookstores, which are just so popular with ladies of a certain age and a certain right. uh, taste, which is mostly for mysteries and romances. So that they had like a huge amount of that kind of stuff. And I'm sure I would have found some books there like that. They they had lots of all kinds of different authors. I, I should have driven back there with Lisa so she could have looked through it. I did buy her a book there, but um, she, she should have got the opportunity. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back again. Yep. Uh, Edward Dragansky does not respond. Oh, he did respond to that. But now he's writing his own letter. <gasps> what? Now, Come my on. question is, yeah. do you think Edward's going to respond to his own letter? Yeah. He yeah. better. He better. I, I think reality might fold in on itself then. <laughs> Res- respond Responception? Responception? Do you want to work on that for a while? No, I'm fine with it. Responception. You got, you got that uh, mouth disorder that I was talking about earlier? <laughs> yes, I do. I can't remember. The, the great joke. mouth defective. The mouth, great mouth defective. Exactly. <laughs> oh, why aren't you still making those title cards? <laughs> Damn it. Perfect. Put on a shirt. So good. Uh, Edward uh, Dragansky, who you may remember from previous letters, mm. uh, writes, I'm going to go with Touchstones, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and oh. its all-star cast of tunes. Though, not, of course, Toons, not, of course, was a bit of a... strictly an animated film, but okay. There was a lot of animation in it. There is animation in it, but it's not strictly Would you say there's an more animation film. than there isn't animation? I don't know. Mm. I have to look and see. When I've that film was released... You know when I last saw that movie? In the theater. Makes me feel weird, though, because, of course, Toons, you know, is a is a kind of a uh, slur in the movie. Mm. So it's always weird when they're like, it's Toontown! Enjoy Toontown <laughs> here at Disney World! Uh, yeah, but you know what... <laughs> Not don't mean you don't call it that, right? One's called Roger Rabbit Land, right. or you know yeah. something like that. Like Toon Town. Look at all the tunes. There's a tune. Like stop it. Uh, sorry, that just reminded me quickly. Please, this is nothing to do with anything at all that we're talking about. But it made me think of. I was going to say something about Harlem, and then it made me think of the Cotton Club movie, sure. the Francis Ford Coppola film. And just so people know, he re-edited the film. And added back in a lot of like black performances and stuff that he was made to take out of it for the original theatrical release by the producer. Oh. And so that is available on Amazon Prime right now. You can see The Cotton Club. Cool. The Francis Ford Coppola restored version with, with more of the actual Cotton Club performances in the movie, which was what the movie was supposed to be about in the first place. Well, I wouldn't want to be part of any Cotton Club that wouldn't have them as members. <laughs> there you go. Um, so Edward just says, I'm going to go with Touchstones Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as I mentioned. When that film was released, I saw it maybe six times in the summer of 1988. Wow. Uh, I saw it maybe three times. Uh, I was mesmerized wow. by the fact uh, that such care was taken to bring together all these characters in one movie. I know it wasn't an easy task. That being said, I fell in love with Roger himself and was an instant fan. Papa, please. Uh, we had the book by Gary Wolf at Lone Star Comics uh, that the film was adapted from, except it was about a comic strip character entitled Who Censored Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Roger is still uh, one of my top ten films of all time. Wow. 
That was one of those movies that you just went, jeez, how'd they do that? Yeah. Much like Terminator 2. What? How'd they do that? (laughs) That's amazing. What did you think of the shorts they made, the the Roger? Very, that's an interesting point. I I, I was okay with them myself. Yeah, I thought they were okay. They're fine. Uh, But yeah, once you've done the gag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Another animated film that came to mind was Twice Upon a Time. I did very much like that. From Lucasfilm in 1983. I've never even heard of this film before. Well, I'm going to tell you my my bummer memory about this film. Okay. Bummer memories, everyone. All right. Sorry about this. I'm interrupting your uh, nice letter uh, for a bummer memory. Bummer time. loving. Bummer memory time. <laughs> so I was dating. Uh, uh, I want to say girl because I was a boy at the yeah, time. Yeah. This is what year? Sorry again? This is, uh, I guess, well, it says 83 here, but I'm going to go with... I was, it was 86 when, uh, okay. when I was dating this person. Okay. And she was probably the first person that I had strong feelings for. Oh. And as I've mentioned in, um, I did a, a, a book called uh, 86, which was a comic book story about my summer when I was, uh, you know, uh, 19. And, um, and, and, and we, she was wanting to break up with me. Okay. For various reasons that are explained in that book. <laughs> okay. So uh, every kind of I was in the period of time where every date was a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. And so I had uh, I had rented the movie. I thought she'd like it. Yeah. She was a huge fan of Harrison Ford. I knew that much. Okay. Not for nothing. Just throwing that out there. It plays into this in a second. Sure. So we watched the movie, and it's at the time where she's actively trying to break up with me. Sure. So everything is like, ugh. Uh, 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 really bored yawning yeah yeah but there's one scene where there's a clip from indiana jones where he goes trust me like the face just comes up and goes yeah. trust me and she just like perks up and goes wow and then it goes back to the regular thing and goes, Ugh. she's back to be completely bored bummer memory but she enjoyed oh, wow. like literally three seconds of this movie <laughs> Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. The film uses a form of cutout animation, which the filmmakers called lumage, involving prefabricated cutout plastic pieces that the animators oh. uh, moved on a light table. The backdrops were old black and white photos that gave the film an avant-garde feel, something I'd never seen before. And the story, if I remember correctly, was about the characters trying to save the world from a villain who was trying to stop time. I haven't seen it in years, but it was uh, visually spectacular in the dialogue. Was a uh, comical non with comical nonstop witty banter. Here's the trailer. It includes the trailer. This was one of the favorite films of my old friend Bruce Houston. So uh, we watched that together a couple of times. Okay, David, you and I experienced the Lord of the Rings around the same time. Oh, I also remember being totally absorbed by the Bakshi and Rankin Bass animated features. Mm-hmm. As much as I found Bakshi's animation unsettling, I was still drawn to it since I'd read the Tolkien books around the same time. Up until Jackson's films, my most visual brand of Lord of the Rings were the paintings by the Hildebrand brothers. Mm. I had the... Do you don't like the Hildebrand brothers? Maybe? No, I never did, actually. Very good. That is Dave's opinion. <laughs> yeah, don't. I, I had the opportunity Take to the see the original. Salt, please. Okay, well, maybe if you've seen the originals. At a gallery in 1985, not far from where I live now, the paintings were huge and the lighting was so well rendered by the brothers, they almost seemed to be lit from within. They were insanely skilled painters and storytellers. I confess I'm not an avid reader as much as you guys. Well, David's more the avid reader. (laughs) Uh, But I used to read on the train when I worked in downtown Dallas. I read Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code a few years after it had been published. 
and before I saw the film, I could not put it down. I, I actually couldn't wait to get on that train and start reading. It may <laughs> not be my favorite book, but it'll have to qualify enough as an answer since I enjoyed it so much. What do I read? I'm usually a reader of biographies, which I picked up from my dad. I do love a biography as well. Uh, do any of your favorite sneakers have a favorite biography they have read? There's one about um, Dan, uh, Dan Del Close that I, that I liked. Uh, there's an autobiography called You're Better Than Me uh, by Bonnie McFarlane, who is a comedian that I know that I really liked. Um, any biographies that you can recommend off the top of your head, Dave? Mm-hmm. Um, t- tune in the Mark Lewis and, and Beatles. Beatles you know what? Let's make this one of our questions then. Oh yeah, for sure. What's what's a, one of your favorite biographies? Uh, and now we're going to Crystal. I do read a lot of them, but I I never find them like completely stunning or anything. I just oh, find them more interesting. And I am enjoying you know anything that Cliff Nesteroff writes about. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not a specific biography, but it's, yeah. it's many biographies. Yeah. I'm currently uh, about two thirds of the way through. Uh, we had a little real estate problem, uh, which is uh, very good. Um, Crystal writes, "Hey, Crystal." Uh, as much as I should say Yellow Submarine or uh, Rupert and the Frog Song are my favorite non-Disney animated films because of their Beatles connections, Beatles fans have to support their band. This is true. Uh, the truth is, the animated films that I've watched more than any other is uh, the Despicable Me series. I get a kick out of Gru's minions. Uh, you're not the only one. People love the minions. But remember, they would kill you in a heartbeat. Don't don't forget that. <laughs> it's they, not, nothing personal. They, no, but they will. Yeah, yeah. They will kill you. They're just doing their job. A minion and Jaws. Minion has killed many more people than Jaws. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they're just doing their job. Though. And by the way, I think they're immortal as well. So, you know, over mm-hmm. the years, they've killed many, many people. <laughs> Uh, they never say what they did during World War II, but I bet they were on the good side. You know, throw that unless they were gremlins. Maybe they were the gremlins. Well, that's not the good side either. Well, it depends if they're gremlins on the other side, like uh, gremlining up the Nazi planes. Mm. I, that's what I would do. I would make them gremlining up the bad guys' planes. Okay. Um, I'm more into historical fiction than mysteries. I started with the cat, uh, uh, the Cat Who series by Lillian Jackson Braun. Okay. But I didn't get uh, past book five or six. I've read and enjoyed. Critique of Criminal Reason by uh, Michael uh, Gregorio. It was set in 1804 during the Napoleonic Wars, and the author uh, did an excellent job of staying historically accurate to the time period. A magistrate is sent to uh, Konigsberg. Am I saying that right? Konigsberg, yeah. All right. To investigate a string of murders, and Immanuel Kant is featured throughout the plot. I liked it. (laughs) My patrons thought it was too philosophical and academically over their heads. They prefer what are known as cozy mysteries. Mm. I think my staff weeded it out of the collection due to a lack of circulation a couple of months ago. Ah, those people. Th- take care. We will. Thank we will. you. Thank you. Uh, I, just, this, I just want to object to that title of that book, though, because the, the Kant book is referencing is a, a critique of pure reason. So I think it would be better to be called a critique of pure evil rather than a critique of criminal. Oh. That's just my thought. If I was an editor, I would suggest that to the author. He might throw it back in my face, crumple it, crumple it up into a ball, scrumple it up into a ball even, and throw it back in my face. A scrumple, crumple. Scrumpled, crumpled. Okay. Uh, and uh, so we have uh, an email from uh, Regis. Are you down with Regis? Sure, that? yeah, of course. And I don't know if we have any other emails besides that. We, we do. Oh, very good. So I'm just going to go to my 
email. By the way, I'm going to mention now our tradition uh, continues. Oh, no, that was just the only one. Yeah, Dave and I are not going to see a Marvel movie tonight, even though it's opening night. (laughs) We are not going to go see Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. We're not going to see that. We would never do that. No, we will not be doing that. So put that out of your heads. Sorry, it's just the one email. This one from Regis. Who's always a treat to hear from. Yes, he says, hi. Ian, you were right to address the timing question because indeed... We need, Thank you. We need long shows. By the way, uh, could be a week uh, question of the week. Where do you prefer to listen to your favorite podcast? Oh, well, we got three questions now. That's Have you ever preserved anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, a body? Thing? And the other one. Those three. Yeah, that's fine. All those three. We can have a sub-sub question. Sure, sure, sure. Why like not? And I needed precisely a long one today because, mm-hmm. you'll never believe me, mm-hmm. I was driving a tractor. Not a John Deere, as you surely were wondering. <laughs> a New Holland. What a better place to listen to your preferred podcast than a tractor. You have plenty of time as the mechanical monster. It's a fairly big one. A T7-245. Not a T7-245. I don't believe you. I know you said you wouldn't believe, but I, I don't believe <laughs> That's you. That's right. I don't remember that. Uh, is driving itself. On the linear boring parts with GPS, complicated automatic gear shifting... Wow, an automatic. And other high-end technologies. Glad to have been able to do it as the next time they're going to be driverless, just before their uprising. <laughs> and do you know the backstory of the T-800? Nope. His mother was a tractor. <laughs> to be on- wasn't? Yeah, to be honest, I did it a week ago, too. It's been nearly 30 years since I really drove one. Last week, I... Uh, last week, I listened to the last parts of the Tropicalia series of the Listening Party podcast, and this morning, it was the last episode of, this, of that said podcast. Sob. Mm. Well, thank you for enjoying it, Regis. I'm glad you listened and enjoyed it. And it was sad it ended, but it was time for it to end. And this afternoon, it was Sneaky Dragon, which was a bit short to end the field I was on. I had to complete with a philosophical <laughs> show of our national cultural radio France Culture about Keith Jarrett. Well, that's great. I love Keith Jarrett, so that's fun to listen to. And other high-level stuff. The best animated movie not being Disney? Easy. It's Paul Grimaud's Le Roi et l'Oiseau, which is so good that it's one of the main, if not the main, inspiration for Miyazaki. So now I'm super curious to to listen, or see that one, actually. I'm going to have to look it up. And for mystery, I like a lot of the work of Sebastien Japriso, particularly particularly Trap for Cinderella and The Lady in the Car with Glasses and a Gun. The last one is the story of a secretary who had to drive her boss to take his plane, then, uh, then get his big shiny American car back to Paris. But on the way back, she decided to take the car on vacation, driving south to Marseille. On her journey, she meets people who keep saying that they have seen her and the car and the car a few days ago, and she can't understand why, as she knows she never took this road with this car before. And as you know, the longer the better. Regis, <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you for those recommendations. I am really curious about uh, Le Roi et l'Oiseau. I'm just glad to hear really people are uh, listening to our podcast on tractors. That's also fantastic. It's really it's that's all I ever cared about when we started this. And like, uh, we're going to make it to the tractors, and we have. Yeah, that's cool. And so, yeah, there we go. There we go. That's that's great. So our three questions this week are, have you ever canned anything? Yes. So question number two is... Have, yes, have you ever made preserves? Well, that was the first one, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever made preserves? Canned anything, made preserves? So question number two is, 
is uh, what is your favorite biography? There you go. And question number three, of course, easy to remember. That other, <laughs> the third one. You know the one. What you want to do is... Where do you listen to your podcast? Oh, thank God. What the hell? This is the test <laughs> that you take for senility. And now what, where, what time was on the clock? Um, um, uh, give me the keys. Here's the key. Wait, I never learned how to drive. And you never will. Give me those. Ching, ching. Take them away. So please, yeah. If you want to respond to us, you've heard the many ways to do so. Already. Yes, we've already talked about that before, so we are ready to send the show. We could end it exactly at this moment right now without even saying another word. What? <laughs>